in a world where people actually watch the stuff their friends recommend. This is I'll Look at Yours If You Look at Mine. coming of winter morning more than 30 years ago. to whom she is speaking is myself. We are cousins, very distant ones, and we have lived together well as long as I can remember. Other people inhabit the house, relatives, and though they have power over us and frequently make us cry, we are not on the whole too much aware of them. We are each other's best friend. She calls me Buddy, in memory of a boy who was formerly her best friend. The other buddy died in the 1880s when she was still a child. She is still a child. That is. It's fruitcake weather. I knew it before I got out of bed. Courthouse bell sounded so cold and clear. No birds singing. They're all gone to warmer climate. Yes, indeed. And that little boy grew up to be the guy who wrote In Cold Blood. And now you know the rest of the story. (laughs) Greetings, lookers! Welcome to this edition of I'll Look at Yours If You Look at Mine, the podcast that's one part movie discussion, one part game show, where we never know what we're watching next. I'll be your host, Ben Mitchell, and you can find me on Twitter and most social media with the handle at RedHenMedia1. Look for that red hen icon. And our theme for Series 6 is The Good, The Bad, and Tis the Season. Our daily double mashup of good, bad movies and Christmas movies. Quite the mashup. Today we'll be discussing... Truman Capote presents A Christmas Memory, 1966, which is a comedy-drama Christmas special originally aired on ABC, Um, and it's currently streaming on YouTube. I mean, nobody likes fruitcake, right? But uh, I'll tell you what, if Buddy and the lady uh, gift you one, you choke it down with a smile on your face. (laughs) And I'm here today with my distinguished co-hosts who are likely talking behind my back. So let's join their conversation already in progress. Hey, gang. Hey. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Tis the season. With us today, she's simultaneously credible and incredible, the anomaly, Kat Ramirez. Hey, y'all. Just like I'm always real with my friends and family, I always keep it real with y'all, too. As always, grateful to be here. Grateful to have you. And the provocative one, Mr. Devin Schwartz. Hey, guys. Uh, it's pretty cool that they got Droopy to voice the narration in this, isn't it? You know, the LMGM cartoon character? <laughs> what are you talking about? Jeez. <laughs> that was my bad Droopy. You gotta hold the cheek to do it right. 
<laughs> with floor two. Anyway. <laughs> right away too. And also with us, uh, my good friend, the incendiary and reigning Who Dundee champion, Asterix, James Pepe. <laughs> hey, uh, everyone, it's me, James. And uh, I, I don't know. I mean, nowadays, especially out here in Northern California, fruitcake weather means something entirely different. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. It'd be a very different movie. <laughs> It'd be a day at the beach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> to be filmed on location in the Castro or something. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and with us as well is the irrepressible gentleman, Jim Scott. Hey, Jim. Hey, and greetings, gentle listeners and friends. Happy to have you here. So before we move on to the uh, big slice of fruitcake that is this uh, TV special, we do a little something I like to call the rundown. When does you need that rundown by? As soon as possible. Okay. Just get it right. Yeah. Gotcha. Of course. I'm going to dive in to the rundown. I'll be exhausted because it's like a triathlon. Did you want to close this? I don't think he knows what a rundown is. We'll show him. Our boss, Charles Minor, just demanded a rundown, and... Jim from the office just handed the dossier over to James Pepe. So let's see what Pepe has for us on... A Christmas Memory. Yeah, okay, so... Uh, like Ben said, this move, or this TV special, uh, TV movie, was uh, aired in 1966... Um, it is the story of, um, as you probably heard in the opening, uh, uh, two cousins, an older woman and a younger boy. Um, he's probably, what, like 10 or something in this movie, something like mm-hmm. that? About that, yeah. Yeah, and they, um, it's set in Depression-era Alabama, and they, um, every year for Christmas, they make fruitcakes, and they spend the whole... A uh, year previous, um, scraping their their pennies together so that they can save up the what like ten dollars they need to make their thirty fruit cakes that they mail to strangers, which is probably like a year's wages back then or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hmm, hmm. Um, it was directed by Frank Perry. I have no idea who this guy is. He is probably a TV director, um, but. Uh, this was an adaptation of a short story written by Truman Capote, who is a famous um, American author, like Ben said, wrote In Cold Blood. There's another biopic about him that was made fairly recently named called Capote. Um, the woman who plays the older woman is played by Geraldine Page, though, and she is a very well-known actress um, of the time period, Born in uh, 1924, died in 1987. Um, She won just about every award you can. She won an Academy Award, um, won an Emmy, won a couple of Golden Globes, won a Tony. This this, uh, show in particular, um, the, the... uh, she won a she won an Emmy for this in particular, and the production won a Peabody. 
So it was a well, it was a well received and a well known, at least at its time, um, television television special. And yeah, uh, it's also a little bit of a treat because it's actually narrated by Truman Capote himself. Yeah, that um, deserves so a ring to, up alone without the Peabody yeah. and Emmy. And uh, I'll also add that uh, Geraldine Page, you might recognize her voice as Madame Medusa from The Rescuers in 1977. Yeah, and she, also and she died was, rather young at age 62, which I. I that's, she uh, was. Um, Cody died young too in this like late 50s. She, I think. she was married to Rip Torn for a while. He he was her second oh. husband. Yeah, and they had a daughter together. Um, what was her name? Something Page. I'm sure. Uh, Angelica Page. Page. Oh, no. Angelica Page. Not Helen anymore. Yeah. Um, And uh, I did read that um, her dedication to a craft has earned her the respect of many of today's great actors, uh, and they include Meryl Streep in that uh, tribute of actors who look up to her. Mm. Yeah, I mean, she's a a famous actress. Yeah, she she is uh, quite good at uh, getting lost in, in the role and the character acting. You forget that she's acting, basically. Yeah, she does a really, on. really good job in this. Pretty cool. Yeah, so that's about it. I mean, there's not a, a huge wealth of information just because it was a like 40, 50 minute television special that aired back in 1966. So, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Okay, I'll I'll add um, since I have the IMDb up, and it sounds like um, uh, oh, it's it's rated very highly on IMDb, a nine point oh. Oh wow! Yeah, unprecedented. Wow. Oh yeah, nothing gets nothing gets rated that high. No, No. nothing. No, you you, there was nothing on Rotten Tomatoes. I noticed, but um, that makes sense since it was a sixty six TV special. Um, I did note that some people wrote that they still watch this every year and saw it when it aired in 66 and continue to watch it. Um, the director, uh, Frank Perry, uh, it was written by his wife, too, um, by the by. Um, but Frank Perry directed uh, Mommy Dearest in 81. You might remember that one. Oh, okay. I think that was the last thing he did, or it was the last notable thing he did. Um, and the actor. Joseph with a P, Joseph Ellick, uh, who played Mr. Ha Ha. Um, he actually lived until 2019, and you might remember him uh, from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the producers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also and the producers. Importantly, he's also not of Native American descent. He's, he's Croatian, apparently. I looked that up. Interesting. Yeah, he's huh. he's, he's the child of Croatian immigrants. He is from America, but yeah, well, they'll do that back then. Yeah, um, of so he played a Native American a few times, then at least. Yep. Um, yep. I don't remember him in the producers. Uh, did he play a Native American then, or I don't know. Yeah, it's been too long since I've seen it. Producers came out a year after this, so um, he must have uh, just went right from this to that interesting stuff um yeah there's probably no goofs or trivia just i'm uh, just thinking about it. zero mostel and gene wilder to be in a movie with them that's something else oh my god right and he lived till 2019 he was born in 1921 so it's a good good run wow what is that what is, I, don't, yeah. I don't math well what is that almost 100 i mean 97 or something like that 
Yeah. So good for him. Nice long life. Plus Gene Wilder. There is a small uh, trivia section that just mentions that Paige didn't wear any makeup on camera by her own choice and that the place they chose to film in was actually recommended to them. It's Snowden, Alabama, and was recommended by Harper Lee, who's the one who suggested it. Oh, Harper Lee. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anyone who's seen the movie Capote knows that they were like best friends. Capote and her. Yeah. Pretty cool. All right. Well, thanks for that rundown. That was uh, that was a pretty good rundown, considering it was just like a you know a fifty-one minute uh, TV special. Um, but it yeah. was heavy hitting enough that it's still out there, and people it's still beloved by uh, uh, people who watched it back when they were kids and still watch it today. Um, let's see. We do need to figure out who done it. But first, why don't we see uh, what's interesting in today's headlines? This is like the period correct. This is a period correct soundbite for this movie. Yeah, damn straight. Okay. Um, Kat, did you uh, find anything interesting in today's headlines? I did. I saw um, one of the headlines read, A hazy Christmas memory. Seven-year-old boy takes shots of whiskey to forget that his best friend is his elder cousin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they danced the night away until the mean aunts caught them. Yeah. Didn't she remember Uncle What's his name? Was it just a drunk apparently? <laughs> right? Uh, she remembered that he took it for his uh for when he like got rheumatism sick. or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever BS thing they used to use to yeah, cover up right. drinking back then. It's for rheumatism. Yeah, cool. Thanks for that. It's guy. for my it's for my humors. <laughs> Gotta readjust them. Okay. <laughs> That's why I drink my whiskey. It's that seventh, yeah. that seventh humor, whiskey. Yeah, right. <laughs> Balances all the other six. That's right. There's only four. There's only four, four humors. I just knew it was an even number. I know, but you don't know about the secret two other humors? <laughs> no, man. You blew by, right? Those oh, other... man. Jeez. Gotta learn more Hardly about Hardly known. You gotta ask HaHa about it next time you see Oh, it. yeah. We gotta go see HaHa Jones. Yeah. Just don't run afoul of HaHa Jones at this place, or Strange things will be afoot. Like murder. Murder is strange things. <laughs> yeah. Which is a predecessor to In Cold Blood, apparently. There you go. I brought it back around to Capote. Bingo. All right, Devin, save me. What did you find in the headline today? <laughs> out of this bit. I found a story uh, <laughs> under a, a similar vein that that cat story followed, except this one is a little darker. Uh, it's, it said criminally negligent woman arrested after serving alcohol to a minor awaits trial in county jail. Jeez. The real and, and dog. Minor and dog. <laughs> That's true, yeah. It's That's a child. To a child and a dog. Yep. Child dog. Child dog. No, that dog was old. Grungy, was kids, in the, grungy kids in the Depression era were a dime a dozen, but uh, you just you can't uh, overlook a good dog uh, in any era. So they, they really no look at her. True story. Sad story. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's how All she right, died. Cheers up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cold alone in the county. Lockup. Yeah, so I so ripped from the very headlines. Uh Capote shocks nation by suggesting military school was not best option for him as young boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Let me> no. <know. laughs> 
Yeah, that that was dark. <laughs> I hope he. Yeah. Uh, Why would they send uh, him to a military school? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It, that must have been a nightmare. Very formative. It's, yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, we probably wouldn't have gotten him uh, as great a writer as he became if he didn't suffer terribly. So, thanks, military school. Well done. You did it. Well, not, not to. Not to mention the dog died too, man. And he talked about that. I felt like I was watching old Yeller for for the end of this. The end of this movie was just Shakespearean. Everybody on the stage yeah. is just dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, he he spoke about not getting old, and then uh, died at fifty nine himself. So, did anyone? Yeah. Does anyone know uh, what uh, what got Capote? I mean, he's so young. Oh, that's a good question. Oh, I had looked that up too, and I totally yeah, forgot. I feel, like, I feel like there's a story there that I had known at one point, and I meant to well, look it up before the show, disease. and I'm negligent. Oh, okay. drink liver disease complicated by flebits and multiple drug intoxication. Yikes. Okay. So I guess um, she did. There... I guess she got him with that whiskey. My goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's something about where he died at, too, that I had seen. Oh, at the home of Joanna Carson, the fourth wife of talk show host Johnny Carson. There it is. Hmm. Wow. Dismal. Well, happy holidays, everyone. All right. <laughs> Jim, tell me you got something <laughs> uplifting. Just tell me, even I if do. it's not. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Ripped straight from the headlines. How uh, uh, of humble origins... How the millionaire, Mr. Ha Ha, got into the fruit cake business. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. so that's the same as Mr. Ha Ha's uh, fruit cake. Yeah. I get that pushed <laughs> on me every holiday season in my uh, stocking, and uh, I feed it to my dog. You can't go into a grocery store these days without seeing old Ha Ha Jones branded fruit cakes. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's pretty great. Well, thanks for that, Jim, and thanks all for the headlines. Um, why don't we find out who done it? Who done it? That's right. It's the segment of the show where we find out who submitted this Christmas special. Um, so, uh, oh, winner of the most correct guesses. That's true. There's a prize. I just find so it's just handed to me. A uh, winner with the most correct guesses at the end of the series will win a Who Dundee Award. This is news to Ben. Yeah, it's all news to me. <laughs> yeah, wait, I've, the I've surprise been, I've, winning? I've been too much Ha Ha's fruitcake and uh, whiskey yeah. here. <laughs> I'm, I'm too much into the spirit. Uh, the Ha Ha's whiskey is a strong bathtub aftertaste, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a distinct taste. It really uh, yeah. evens it out. Long on the tongue. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's see. Uh, oh, Pepe, you're supposed to guess first, being our reigning champ. So, uh, oh, that's right. Take a swing, my friend. Man, this is a hard one. Okay, I Cat and Devon are far too young to have done this. Um, and we already know, we already know Jim. Uh, we already know Jim's uh, movie, so it's. I guess it's Ben then. 
Um, you were born before 1966, right, Ben? You're oh, well, well, super well, old, right? I was actually around during the Depression era when this was uh, yeah. based, so this brought up a lot of terrible memories for me. These are like these are like your neighbors, right? When you were oh on yeah, the... decades yeah. of therapy wasted watching this. I'll tell you, just yeah, reemerged all my issues. But this seems like this seems like one of those hidden gems you might find out about in film school. Yeah. Uh, I'll say yes as long as I uh, I try not to give anything away. So, but yes, <laughs> this may have been something I watched in film school. All right, my guess my guess is Ben then, or maybe Ben's just a Geraldine Page completionist. <laughs> <laughs> you caught me. <laughs> yeah, just off yeah. camera is a big poster of Geraldine Page. <laughs> no, it's yeah, it's this. Uh -huh. it's, I'm looking at her right now. Yeah, he's got one here. above his bed. That's you right. know. That's next right. to the yeah, next to the mirrors on his ceiling, and he's got That's Geraldine right. Page. That's <laughs> right. From this, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From this, oh no. <laughs> yeah. That's how uh, I do. You, yeah. know, you know Just, me too well, my friend. <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah. This was peak Geraldine Page hotness. That's right. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so with that in mind, uh, I will get the, uh, Geraldine Page, uh, stench off of me, which is, it's delightful <laughs> aroma, uh, fruitcake actually, fruitcake and whiskey. So <laughs> some, some enjoy that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the, uh, guilt. Ben thought it, ben thought it was, uh, was, was Betty Page and then decided that, well, Geraldine Page is okay too. No, no, Geraldine <laughs> is the, uh, better page. I, I have <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just the in, gentleman's in page. In all ways. The gentleman's page. That's right. That's right. Geraldine, the gentleman's page. Yeah, right. <laughs> now, I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, that this was Devin, and then he somehow watched this when he was a kid and uh, has just been watching it every year uh, mm. since then. Uh just kind of felt like something that Devin would have watched and enjoyed um and threw into the mix uh to try to throw us off and um uh, um because a he secretly is a is a huge fan of this and b he would think that uh, no one would be on to him but i am on to you sir i am on to you so my guess is devin cat what do you think um this is kind of hard for me to choose um i kind of want to say like devin's trying to throw me off of him but i don't know i I'm going to say it's Ben. That's what I'm going to That's Yeah, that's my final answer. Okay. Two votes for me. Devin? So not only, not only do I think it's you, Ben, but I also think that the exact fake excuse that you just gave for why it might be mine is the real reason that it's yours, that obviously you are not old enough to have watched this movie when it came out. But I think your parents certainly were, and you as a child could have been forced at first to watch this every christmas and then grew to enjoy it over time as nostalgia set in and uh yeah it was a mainstay of your household for many years i think this exact same template could be applied to pepe but i think it feels a little more bend to me that your reasoning is sound i'll, I'll give you that uh, let's see how that pans out um jim what's your guess yeah, um, I'm torn between uh, you, Ben, and you, Pepe. Um, I don't, I don't think it's Devin or Cat. So I, I, and I could be wrong. I mean, who knows anybody's guess? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
I think for the same reasons that Devin just outlined, I'm going to go with you, Ben. I think it's your film. Making it three votes for yours, truly. Okay. Well, that puts uh-huh. me ahead. Um, so it's three votes for me, one vote for Devin. And what's the last vote? I forget. I think it was four for you and one for me. Oh, was it four? Well, for I me? voted. Wow. I voted Ben. Cat voted, voted Devin. Ben. And Devin yeah. and Jim voted Ben. Yeah. Oh, no, Cat voted yeah. Ben, didn't she? Yeah. Oh, Kat, yeah. Oh, no, Kat Ben voted Devin. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Ben, Devin, yeah. yeah. So everyone, yeah. everyone voted Ben except for Ben. Wow, I feel very guilty over here. Um, yeah, she I must is. really smell like fruitcake and whiskey. Um, so let me ask myself then, uh, me, did you done it? No. I'm sorry. Oh, oh shit. Oh, 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 shock. Yeah. Um, so let's see if I'm right then. Uh, Devin, you're the only other one with a vote. Was it you? It was not. I was Pepe. <gasps> no. Whoa. Oh. What does Sherlock uh, Holmes say? The, sum- the game is afoot? Yeah, the game is afoot. Uh, now, Cat gave your vote to Pepe. Yeah. Um, so nobody wins a uh, vote this time, but... Uh, wow. Shocker. I'm That's upset. Or, or point. the first time. Nope. Yeah, it is. This is no a truly a Christmas memory. That's right. <laughs> a Christmas miracle. It was submitted by Santa. Man, why did I just vote Pepe? Shit. Well, well, could be well since everyone we seems know. to think now... I know, right? Cat thinks it's you, though, Pepe and, and Jim. So was it you, Pepe? It was me. <laughs> ah, was Damn it. Oh, so some of you who are split between me and him, uh, I don't know. Were were you following your instincts when you chose me? Or oh, first let me give you give me the uh, bit of Chris Farley. That is correct. Love you, Chris. Um, yeah. So, um, who? Uh, yeah. So it was Jim. You almost thought it was Pepe. Cat, yeah, my initial, yeah, yeah. my initial vote coming in would have been Pepe. But Devin's logic and just the wistfulness of this movie and Pepe's movies are usually very cerebral and odd. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. Um, it didn't have that ring to it, so I was like, okay, that sounds good. I'm going to follow the bandwagon and go with you been man i really should have stuck to my instincts yeah my first instinct was pepe as well there you go follow your instincts yeah yeah i just i just figured i for some reason my instinct said devin but sometimes your instincts are wrong um so interesting so no points this round that's a first for us that is awesome <laughs> well done well done pepe yeah. um but now that we know who done it it's time to find out why done it. <laughs> okay, Pepe, this uh, nobody guessed it was you. Some people had some notions about it, yeah. but um, I want to know the story of how you came across this and uh, why you chose it. So actually, Devin was exactly correct. <laughs> hey, I was, I was so close. If I just applied it to you. Yeah, yeah. So my my one year, uh, uh, a couple of years years ago, it was probably like ten or fifteen years ago at this point. My dad just started talking about this this Christmas show that 
he remembered that had Truman Capote in it, and it was a TV and it was a TV show, and he was uh, he just did a little bit of research. He he was able to find it pretty quickly, um, and then he bought a DVD of it um, from like ABC somehow. I don't know. Um, was when whenabouts was this? Was this a while ago or this was like ten or fifteen ago? years ago? Okay, um, yeah, that makes more yeah. sense. Um, yeah, bought a DVD of it. Um, it we have the DVD he bought. It's in like a clear plastic case, and it has like a white label on it with like black lettering. Uh -huh. It's like not uh -huh. a mass-produced DVD, um, but he got it from ABC or something, um, and. Uh, yeah, it just became uh, one of our few, like, staple Christmas movies. We watch this every year. Well, I haven't uh, yeah, watched it watched now, I see year. why. Yeah, I have actually not ever seen this before or heard of it. Um, yeah. But I was confident. I mean, I'd never heard of it either. Sure. Yeah, it was almost like a white whale you're from, rot from your dad's uh, memory there. Yeah. recovered from an old memory that's that's pretty interesting a lot of people in the youtube comments uh, had similar sentiments uh, about this that mostly they uh. had seen it on tv and either in the initial broadcast in 66 or in subsequent years when it was rebroadcast um, yeah i mean i can't i mean my dad was born in 1950 so he would have been like 15 16 17 when this aired so i can't mm -hmm. imagine he would like his it must have been his parents were the ones that were like although i don't know he might have not even been living with his parents when he was that age so i don't know i'd have really? to ask him like who yeah he moved out at a pretty early age like we'll 15, just yell at him 16 70 yeah right <laughs> hey, <Dad>! um, <laughs> so how he originally saw this i don't know whether it was like his parents or he just happened to see it on tv um or what yeah i don't i don't remember off the top of my head well, back then there was like three channels, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So uh -huh. everyone watched the same thing all the time. It didn't matter, you know. Yeah, um, but also I think that um, I mean I, I obviously don't know how you, what you guys think about this this show yet, but I love this show. Um, like I said, I, we watch it every year. I think it is incredibly good and i cry like a little baby at the end yes. every time just even even when i i even when i watched it this time just like by myself in my room eating breakfast i was just mm -hmm. like crying like a little baby at the end of this movie yeah that caught me off guard and so i'd never heard let's uh, let's find out who's seen it who's seen it um, i will eat my hat if any of you guys had seen this yeah that okay yeah i'll hold you to that uh, not really. Um, but uh, let's see. I had never heard of this. Um, and But I know Truman Capote. And so I yeah, know right. probably in pretty good hands here. Um, I was a little hesitant because it wasn't a feature film. But um, damn, it was good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And the acting was superb. Uh, I really like the productions in the 60s they just really came into their stride in filmmaking i feel like it really became an art at that point um and where previous decades just didn't if you think of the classic films of the 60s and ones you've seen there's just something about them like even like the twilight zone even the tv produ productions uh -huh. um there's still stuff that we watch today whereas before that era it just didn't 
there's something missing, you know, maybe it's the method acting, maybe it's something in the production, but man, they just, maybe it was because everyone started smoking pot. I don't know. Um, but, uh, something yeah. clicked there in the sixties where, uh, you, where I can still watch stuff made then and, uh, really, really enjoy it and think it was good in a way that the other stuff feels like, and it's more from a bygone era. Uh, the graduate pops into my head as one of the ones uh, early ones I saw from the 60s. But this was um, really good. And it's always nice to hear Truman Capote. That was a special treat uh, to hear his narration in this. So really enjoyed that too. Has anyone else actually seen this or is Pepe going to have to put some salt and pepper on his hat? I have not. <laughs> yeah. I've not seen this either. Yeah. Nope. Much to Pepe's, even, much to Pepe's chagrin, I did not even know who Truman Capote was when he mentioned this. <laughs> this, oh. this English major didn't know who Truman Capote was. I have not read a single American author ever. So, you just read Isaac Asimov. Well, I mean, for school, like I haven't, I have not studied oh, okay. any American authors. I've only done like British literature and stuff like that. Hmm. Have you? Uh, oh well, I don't want to get into that. I was going to ask if you read anything, any Russian authors. I don't think so. Well, that's fine. Okay, Kat, and you hadn't seen this either, I think you said. Yeah, I've never seen this. I've never even heard of it. Mm -hmm. Well, initial impressions? Um, like, dislike? Can you see where this, why it was a classic? Well, I, I thought it was um, very sort of quaint and like, yeah. uh, you definitely had the, uh, a very, very strong sense of quaint. Um, there was some, I thought the music was a little awkward. It wasn't bad music, but the use of it was very strange. Like uh, particularly the scene where they visit haha, -ha, the music, it's like really intense. It's like, they're about to be like murdered in a horror movie intense. Like it's like very like acute, like stressful music for some reason. And that made that whole scene seem so much weirder than it already was because <laughs> it's like, you know, a guy doing red face and like they're going out to the, the Indian who lives in the woods to buy whiskey. And like, it was all very strange. Um, and I found the ending very effective. Like it, it got like a tear, you know, it was, it was very sad. Um, yeah. But basically everything else was just kind of agonizing to me. It was, I, uh, you know, very slow and very low quality. I, I couldn't hear like a, you know, probably not, not a significant portion of the dialogue, but like 10% of the dialogue, I couldn't really understand what they were saying um, because of the quality, which again, is not really the movie's fault necessarily. That's just a product of the time. I don't hold Did that against you, uh, it. No, yeah, the, the microphones weren't that great on this. I don't know if it was, um, they just got ABC's hand-me-downs or something. Um, but yeah, did you did you go headphones with this one or were you? Uh, uh, no, I was watching on my on my TV. Yeah, that's uh, probably why. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was like, um, I didn't have that problem. And I was like, yeah, I had headphones on though. I do think I do think the length uh, really worked in its favor. I think that if this had been a feature length, like 90 Aha. minutes of this kind of thing, I probably would have nothing good to say about it because I would have been okay. exhausted by the end. Because um, you're renowned but, on the show for saying you wish movies were like, like an hour long. Yeah, and that, that I did appreciate it for me. Yeah, yeah, that clinched it for me that this was you like trying to show us how things are <laughs> oh, yeah, at yeah. running time. Yeah, you know? that was, that's, <laughs> like, good, that's sound logic. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. We both had good reasoning. It just didn't end up being true. Um, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh, did you? Yeah. Did anyone really appreciate the the uh, acting, uh, particularly on the part of Geraldine Page? I really I didn't remember from anything else, but I was I really did like her voice performance as Madame Medusa and <laughs> the Rescuers, and um, 
I was shocked because that's such a different character. So she clearly has uh, uh, versatility, right? Grange, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought her acting was was great. I mean, she she had some odd mannerisms, you know, but you got that impression um, that she was odd. Uh, but it was very interesting, like the facial expressions when there were no words, when she was meeting, you know, her, the boy, Mr. Ha Ha, because there was like a moments where nobody said anything, but they just went through like different facial expressions. It It was was a a little strange. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then I think the, the tense music too. I mean, you said quaint, and at that I definitely get that. But where, you know, in today's cinema, that stressful music, like, we, you know, it would be like a climactic shootout or, you know, some horror to be revealed. I, I, I think this being an older movie, maybe, you know, that was like high drama for this particular um, movie, you know, when they went to Mr. Hawk, because, you know, it was like, he was like part of the outsiders. He was on the other side of the train tracks kind of feel to it. So, yeah. And they set it up saying that he, that people got, you know, killed yes. there and stuff. So, I mean, there was reason yeah. for a little kid and a kind of a simple older lady to, uh, be at least afraid, uh, based on the rumors of the place. Yeah. Um, I remember having, there was a lady that we called the rock lady around town here when I was growing up that everyone was kind of weary of or wary, I should say, um, hmm. who the, the rumor was, this is so weird that the spark <laughs> memory, the rumor about her was that her husband had died and she believed he was reincarnated as one of the rocks outside of her house. She didn't have a lawn at the time when I was growing up, just about everyone had a lawn, not so today, but this lady had just rocks. Okay. And so the rumor was Mm. that if you disturbed her rocks, she would get just like over the top, like angry and irate and go, you know, just go off basically. And so we were like always afraid to like go near the, this place. Um, probably she just didn't want little kids messing around with the rocks. I imagine. But uh, I mm-hmm. wonder how that rumor started. But anyway, there was a little bit of reason for for them to to uh, be afraid uh, going to this place. Also, it's I don't funny. know. Was this during the prohibition? It kind of felt like that. Yeah, it seemed like it based on what she said. Um, mm-hmm. I was just gonna say when I was a kid, we had a we had a snake lady that was ah. like in the neighborhood that I played around in, and everyone was afraid of her because she owned like a hundred snakes. Or you know, that's what we said. Uh, we knew she owned a lot of snakes, but. If you found a snake out in the wild, like a gardener or a king snake or something, a non-dangerous snake, right. um, you could bring it to her and she'd pay you five bucks for it. Any snake you brought her, she'd give you five bucks. So we were terrified oh, wow. of her, but we also, there was an economy there and we wanted to get that money. So we would go and hunt for king snakes and stuff and bring them to her. <laughs> but she, did she actually pay <laughs> yeah. off? Yeah, yeah. She'd give us five, Chris oh, five so dollar for every, every snake we found. Yeah. Wow. Snake lady was real. I don't know what she would do with them. <laughs> she just collected them. I don't know. She had so many. You don't want to know. That's a different story. <laughs> Darker story. Yeah, right. Pepe she apparently... to have the same... Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, Pepe started having those same facial reactions when he told that story <laughs> as Mr. <laughs> That's pretty good. I was going to say the end of that tale, Devin, was that she ended up boarding a plane with Samuel L. Jackson and the rest is history. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
Oh, boy. Okay, so let me play a clip um, from the movie. Um, Let's just skip that one and go to this. This is called Poor Capote. Buddy, buddy, no, now. You mustn't do that. You start, we'll never stop, and there's barely enough as it is for 30 cakes. Are we going to the store tomorrow? Yes, indeed. Right after lunch, as soon as I finish my ironing. That's the part I like best. Buying things. The only thing we don't have to buy for our cakes is the pecans. All the rest, cherries and citron, ginger and vanilla, candied pineapple, raisins and lemons, flour and butter and eggs, all that we have to buy at the grocery store. This involves money. The trouble is we have so very little. Sometimes persons in the house provide skin flint sums. A dime is considered very big money. I console myself for the thought that they aren't my parents. What we do have, we've earned ourselves from various activities, holding rummage sales, selling buckets of hand-picked blackberries and homemade jam and peach preserves. We also round up flowers for funerals and weddings. Once we won 79th prize, $5, in a national football contest. Not that we know a fool thing about football. It's just that we enter any contest we hear about. When we go to the store tomorrow, let's go straight to our post box. You're thinking about the coffee naming contest. It's too soon to get a ladder. They said winners will be announced before the first of the year. That's pretty good. Um, what what would those two do with fifty thousand dollars? Oh my god! Just uh, yeah, in today's that, money, yeah, that geez. would be like definitely would be on par with being a millionaire. First of all, uh, I want to know what yeah. contest pays out if you get seventy ninth place. Yeah, right. Yeah, really. <laughs> Five bucks wasn't nothing back then either. So. Some kind of football yeah. uh, football contest. Yeah, what did you say? I don't know a fool something about football. Yeah, they don't know a fool thing about football. A fool thing. Yeah, I love that. Uh, very salt of the earth stuff there. Yeah, I, I had depression era grandparents, so I would hear little wisps of old-timey lingo and... Uh, um, and stories from that era. Uh, did anyone else have depression era grandparents? Can you relate? I I did, but they were from the East Coast. Um, uh, they were from the East Coast during the Depression, and then here in California after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, I mean, this woman is like she's a she's a nice old Southern lady, you know. <laughs> she's like, yeah, she's uh, she's something something different. She's a different. Uh, a bird of a different color. Yeah, it's like Depression era Forrest Gump. Which also garnered some Academy Awards. So uh, nothing new in that regard. Maybe it was groundbreaking at the time or something. Yeah, but this, I mean, Forrest Gump. This is so much better than Forrest Gump. <laughs> Forrest Gump oh, I, just didn't age well. I think we talked about that in a previous it, yeah, episode. Yeah, it did. Uh-huh. Um, I see why it was a juggernaut at the time. Uh, and I remember it being the big name, but uh, I'll take Shawshank any day. And I, I've said that before. I'll say it. Again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Team Shawshank. Um, I'll go to uh, another clip here uh, where she's uh, buying the fruitcake ingredients at the store. 
and uh, setting up the ha-ha scene. I need a box of ginger, large bottle of vanilla, five bottles of the little red cherries, two jars of citron, 25 pounds of flour, a pound of salt, three dozen eggs, two pounds of lard, one pound of lemon peels, candied, two boxes of raisins, one pound of orange peels, candied, two pounds of dates, a box of ginger, a large bottle of vanilla. Of the ingredients that go into our fruitcakes, whiskey is the most expensive, as well as the hardest to obtain. State law forbids its sale, but everybody knows you can buy a bottle from Mr. Ha Ha Jones. And so we are bound for Mr. Ha Ha's business address, Fish Fry and Dancing Cafe. People have been murdered in Ha Ha's Cafe, cut to pieces, hit on the head. There's a case coming up in court next month. Ha-Ha's is a multi-tiered business. Um, leave it to Truman Capote to actually make fruitcake sound appetizing, uh, the way he <laughs> describes it. It takes someone with his uh, level of gravitas to... Dude, even in, even in that like 30 seconds that you play it, well, th there's so much good stuff there, right? Because just before oh, yeah. that, just before that clip, they walk into that store and she says, last last year you were out of the candied pineapple. And he's like, oh, well, we're, right. we're fucking lousy with it now, you know? Yeah. And she's like, well, good. And she's like, we'll and they take didn't a bleep out when he said fucking too. So. Yeah, it was, it was, it was real racy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, there, she and the guy are having a fight. They're ha they are in a fight, but they sort of don't like it's it's not sta openly stated. But they are having an argument. Yep. Um, and she says, "Well, I'll have a pound and a half." And he goes, "That's fifty cents a pound, ma'am." <laughs> you know, like you don't have yeah. that kind of money, lady. Get the hell out of here. Right. And she, yeah, that comes to seventy five cents. And she's like. Very well, count it out, buddy. And he's just like he just starts doing it, and then, and then she's off to the races. She fucking owns that place, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't know shit from Shinola after that. It was a big deal. <laughs> yeah, um, and eat your heart out, pretty woman, because uh, this <laughs> is the first version of that uh, being snubbed at the hoity-toity store. Yeah, yeah, that that fucking fancy ass <laughs> general store. That's right. Uh, but yeah, and then they set up this then they set up this this quest that they have to go on to get a bottle of whiskey, right? And the only place they can get it is of course Mr. Haha -Ha Jones who's who's like cooking it in his backyard still or whatever because it's prohibition. Right. Um and yeah, he's a as far as they know, he's a bad guy cuz he owns the fish fry and dance joint or whatever they call it and they think that it's just like this den of thieves and murderers right <laughs> and uh, and she she knocks on the door and she asks she asks for mrs haha -ha, right like she's looking for his wife <laughs> i love that yeah, ha -ha. yeah and is then, the lady uh, of the house available yeah the lady of the house right yeah oh man so great and then he comes to the door she tells him what they want a bottle of whiskey and he goes which one of you are well he says it in a sort of racist way but he says you know which one of you is going to drink it looking at this 
this old lady and this young kid totally. and they tell him what they're going to do with it and he's kind of upset and he he goes you know they all he charges them for it. he goes two dollars you know two dollars for this bottle of whiskey but uh yeah they're so scared of him and throughout the whole movie he's the only everybody in this movie is set against them doing this like what is basically an act of charity right, right. that they prepare the, the entire the entire the year for yeah everybody the aunt yeah yeah and it's it's this except for haha right because he right. like recognizes it recognizes it for what it was and then he gives them a bottle of whiskey which he was going to charge two dollars for for free and just ask mm -hmm. for one of the fruitcakes instead and i think that is like brilliant i think it's just perfect it's like chef kiss perfect it's so fucking good i I, if, I happen to agree with that yeah i have I that clip if, which i'll play but go ahead Devin. in 1966 i wonder if that was like a really progressive like statement in his story to have the oh, good point the like native american character like be the only nice one like if that was i mean it's still a very racist depiction but like it, at the time maybe that was like wow there you know because there's the whole concept of like indian giving and like you know that that whole racist thing and like but in this it's like no he's oh, the geez, nice one i didn't even think of that yeah i assume it was and in that in 66 it must have been filmed and it might have been filmed in 66 if it aired in december could have been filmed earlier that yeah year. and i mean if it's based on um, his original story i don't know when the story was written but then that could have been even oh good more point. yeah it was an adaptation well presumably he's relating a story from when he was a child so this was this the story was taking place when he in probably the 40s right or some or in depression in depression era and prohibition would have been the 20s and 30s right so it would Absolutely. have been in the 20s and 30s yeah, yeah. Uh, prohibition kicked off in the 20s and ended in the early 30s, correct? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I believe so it had to probably Balls. took place in the late 20s or something like that. Ballstead yeah. Act, you know, or, or, and, you know, um, it could have been in a dry state because they were talking about oh, state regulations oh, rather yeah. than it being like, you know, and, and even in, even to this day, there are still dry counties like in the Midwest and South and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, good point. So, yeah, because yeah. I, I was wondering because it's like if this is Depression era, well, the twenties wasn't that was the not the Depression era. So right, yeah, I, right. I mean you could drink then. So uh, yeah, maybe in Alabama there was some kind of dry county mm -hmm. or something. I, th I think I do remember some dialogue about that in the movie. Um, but yeah, since you mentioned it, Pepe, let me play the clip. And it was, it was, uh, that nice turn, uh, the heartwarming turn, right? The heart of gold, uh, from the one character you would be afraid of, whereas everyone else was actually uh, pitted against them from doing the kind deed. What you want with ha-ha? If you please, mister. Ha-ha. We would like a quart of your finest whiskey. Which one of you is drinking, man? Oh, we... We want it for making fruitcakes, mister. Ha-ha. Cooking. That's waste of good whiskey. Two dollars. And then, of course, he relents and gives them the whiskey for free yeah. in exchange for a fruitcake. Um, 
yeah, presumably they've done this before, though. So did they not get the whiskey from Ha Ha Jones before? Well, it seems ha like ha she Jones has a relationship. Memory? It seems like she has a relationship with Mrs. Ha Ha, and maybe that's who she normally because like yeah. she even mentions like we try to go, or or the narrator mentions like we try to go when when uh, Mr. Ha is not there. So yeah, I think she usually buys mm-hmm. it from the wife. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought I uncovered a plot. Mrs. Mrs. Uh, Mrs. No way. This is airtight. (laughs) I only remember because I watched the movie uh, three hours ago. (laughs) Yeah, I was watching it in the the run up today. Uh, The last last show's edit was uh, something else. I'll tell you not not due to anything you guys did. Um, So, um, yeah, it was it's fresh in my mind, I should say. Um, but yeah, that was such a a nice turn there. I thought. Um, so it's an he? interesting it's an interesting problem though, right? Because it is a it is a stereotyped depiction of what a Native American person uh-huh. would be acting and talking like. And of course, they go to him to get the whiskey, right? Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like I know these <laughs> these things, yes. Yeah, the performance yeah. was definitely uh, stereotyped, uh, stereotypical, uh, especially for the time, just very basic. And um, also the idea that uh, Native Americans are uh, hopeless uh, drinkers or whatever, or would yeah. be up to up to that kind of uh, riffraff uh, during that time. Yeah, right. But I mean, it sounds like he just owns the local bar, too, right? Like the like the fish fry and dance hall like just sounds like that happened in place in town. So okay, <laughs> so know. they were going to his house, but this this place of business was in town. I thought it was one of those like you have to go out to the woods to the uh speakeasy type of thing to drink here. I, no, I they got, said they went to his business address. He yeah, probably just say, lives there. I got the impression that was the place because it also had like an old Coke sign on the side. Like it looked like it was meant to be a business that was like very rundown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it remind it actually it reminds me of um I I was reminded of this recently when when Disney Plus became available, they had to like Disney there was some hand wringing over at Disney about what they were gonna do with certain parts of their oh, movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. And one of the big one of the major issues was the crows in Dumbo. Yes. That's right. But um but Whoopi Goldberg sort of said something similar in that she sort of defended them um, because they were the only characters in that movie that helped Dumbo. And she was like, you can't take them out of that movie. Then he Dumbo would have like no characters that are friendly towards him, you know, like that's why they're there. That's that's the point of them being there is they're nice to Dumbo. Mm -hmm. Um, And seeing this and thinking about that's those sort of issues um reminded well, me a of parallel this. there right yeah 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 and so i mean i don't know like is is there's a certain sense in which this like tokenizes mr haha right? even that name is like his name is oh, not yeah. mr haha you know right um but like yeah so like but it, but the movie obviously wants us to have a positive attitude and impression of him also but it almost seems like they don't know any other way to like show him or almost or something that like truman capote probably knows so little about like what it's like to be native american in the in america you know 
and he's doing writing all of this from memory of being a little boy and stuff. Um, and you yeah, also have, I mean, it's not like he directed it either. Um, right. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I think the director, I think I saw that he directed another Truman Capote adaptation. So um, Capote must have really liked his work or something or what he, he did. Right. I mean, Capote did write this, though. So presumably, mm-hmm. you know, they were working from his source material. It was probably pretty close to how Capote wanted this to. They must sound. have been friendly because it, the his wife. Uh, the director's wife also got credit as a writer, so um, I imagine they must have worked together. I'm just pulling that out of what little I know about Capote. Yeah. Um, you know, picks friends and people he likes working with type of thing. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I think that it's just um, uh, that kind of performance is a relic of this era, and yes, it is stereotypical um, and in a bad way, probably. Um, yeah, th- it did. I, again, it was like, it was kind of like last week where it was like, I, I did note that, but it didn't ruin it for me. Um, but you, you know, you, you can't unsee it. You definitely note it when you watch it, you know, um, whether or not it, it completely takes you out of the, the, um, enjoyment of watching the, the show or the, um, movie or whatever you're watching, I guess is, a, is probably a personal matter. Um, I don't think that this was as bad a depiction as maybe the crows from Dumbo or the Native Americans from Peter Pan or some other, or definitely not uh, Song yeah. of the South. Right, um, I don't yeah. think it rose to that level. Um, but yeah, that's it was, my opinion. It was, it was the sort of thing where I, I could pretty quickly tell that it was not an actual Native American person. I could like kind of see the like coloration of his skin didn't look right. real. Um, and... Uh, so like immediately I was like, all right, this is a little weird, but yeah, they didn't, uh, they didn't necessarily fall into many of the, you know, he wasn't wearing a headdress. Like there's, it could have right, been worse, yeah. but that doesn't necessarily make, you know, it doesn't make it good, but also, no. yeah, again, product of the time, it's like, it didn't seem malicious. It, it just seemed old. You know, there's a mm-hmm. big difference. Pocahontas depiction of Native Americans is like old and malicious in some ways. And like, you know, uh, uh, there, there's a way to be one or the other. So I have a question for you guys, and and Pepe, you had given a, uh, a really good reason of why you know not to take um, you you know the birds from Dumbo or this character, you know, don't cut that. But if that if that wasn't a thing, do you think these kind of scenes that are you know very hurtful and harmful, do you think they should be taken out of films? I don't think they should. Sorry. Go ahead, Kat. No, go ahead. I don't think they should be taken out of films, but I think. I mean, I don't know. Um, I know, like Disney Plus, with these older films that do have depictions of mm-hmm. like racism and stuff like that, um, it's kind of like an undertone. They, I, I believe this is true. I don't know. I haven't seen it myself. They have like a kind of a warning at the beginning, or kind of just a hey. By the way, this is kind of what it depicts for its time yes. to kind of let children know. And um, it's kind of like an educational um, like purpose behind it. And I think that's like a better way to go about it um, of just like, you know, obviously there's depictions that are from the past that are problematic and kind of just stating that I think is 
better to say it versus not to say it at all. But I, mm-hmm. but I, I think the latter or like what, you know, if you asked what you asked, if you should just like remove it completely, I think that devoids the, those kind of conversations from even happening, you know, like, I think those conversations mm-hmm. should be had. And if you take those kind of that kind of material away, it's not really opening that kind of dialogue from happening. And I think those are important. So I don't know. That's where I stand with it. Yeah. 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 Good point, Kat. And it, always you're going to have somebody who is going to run with it in the wrong way. Um, and Jim, you put it well where you said it is harmful and hurtful. Um, but yeah, you, you also, I don't know if expunging it from history is a, a wise thing to mm-hmm. do either. We need to learn from it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just trying to find the actual Disney message, but one of the lines it says these stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now, rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it and spark conversation mm-hmm. to create a more inclusive future together. I think that's pretty well stated and sums it up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think similarly. Um, I think that there, I, I'm in a certain sense, I'm of two minds about it because I think that there is like media that like basically no one should watch. Like it, like there are things that like do no one any good, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then if you say, well, okay, then we'll stop people from doing it. That becomes, that's like a, a whole new can of worms, right? Because then you get into this problem uh-huh. of like, well, what do we allow and what don't we, what are we going to uh-huh. censor? What are we going to not censor? You know? Um, and I think, I think it's, um, I think it's really hard to make those decisions and make them well. Uh, yeah, probably end up doing more harm than good. Um, it's definitely like a case by case basis that you have to take it, you know, yeah. but uh, would all of these things be better if they hadn't done it in the first place? Definitely. And does it to some degree, it always takes me out of the enjoyment of watching it. Um, like I said, I know I, I note it, you know, it, it's it's enough to where I'm thinking about it on some level. Right. Um, uh-huh. some, some of it bothers me more than others. One of, one of the ones that really bothers me is Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, when Sir Alec Guinness plays the, uh, the Arab, uh, prince. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that one just, man, I wish they wouldn't have done that one. Cause it's such a great film, uh, other than that. And it's just such a bad job of, uh, you know, just an Englishman with brown paint on his face. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know when it was filmed, but I feel like it was a little bit I, I should look it up actually what year it came out lawrence of arabia um because i feel well, like it was contemporary enough that they probably should have known better or at least guessed that that wasn't the way to go and and while people i mean obviously studios have have do not still do you know brown and black face but uh-huh. you still see whitewashing all the time which is like yeah. you know a half degree better if any you know if better at all like there was that movie i don't remember what it was called but it was like 
something about the history of Egypt that came out fairly recently. It was like 2013, 2014, and it was like an all white cast. And it was like about the history of Egypt, an African country with just this all like American and British actor cast. And it's just like, like what, what is the point of making that movie? Like what just it's, it's worthless. And it got terrible reviews. It like it totally bombed. But at the same time that, that happens in movies that are successful, they'll just completely whitewash a character, particularly historic characters. Yeah, that's even more surprising that stuff like that is happening uh, within the last, you know, three or five years. I know there's been kind of more of a vocal outcry against that, but it's mm-hmm. I, but there's been outcry against it for I feel like decades is what I'm remembering. Um, by the way, Lawrence of Arabia was 1962, so um, another 60s film that just holds up gangbusters today, despite these uh, you know speed bumps like uh, Sir Alec Guinness mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, damn, the '60s were an excellent era of filmmaking. Yeah, the other—I mean, the other thing that's dangerous about it is that you end up—you would inevitably end up catching like some good things in with the like net that you're trying to catch all the bad things uh-huh. in with, because you constantly see that with um, uh, Huck Finn, right? Schools yeah. are like constantly trying to keep people from. Uh, reading Huck Finn for a reason we all know, but mm-hmm. it's stupid because like the whole message of that book is like the opposite of what, like the opposite of talking about how like Jim is a good person because he's a human and we're all uh-huh. the same. We all have this like human nature and just because he's black doesn't make, make him any different from anybody else. And he's just as good as everybody else is in that book. And so you you start you get these things where they're sort of like missing the forest for the trees when they start to try to right. pass a wide net, you know. Despite the use of the N word, it was super progressive, uh, especially for the time that yeah. Mark Twain was writing in. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, if you're going to write a period piece like that and try to not, like how I mean, it's it wouldn't make any sense, right? If he's if you're going to sit down, if you're Mark Twain and you're going to sit down and you're like, I'm going to write one of the greatest American novels of all time, and it's going to be written in the vernacular of the period, then it's going to be written mm-hmm. in the vernacular of the period, you know, and it's still going to yes, be great. I, but was that did that even? Uh, it's not clear to me that that he knew that the use of that word was offensive at the time, or. Or if that was like, you know, even on his radar or if he was just writing I mean, that back uh, his time. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, my guess is that he probably did know <laughs> um, and was unfearful of using it because he knew like there was a further there was like a point that he was going to get to, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, which he did. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, yeah. Did the, I mean, let's just. I'll put this question out there. Did this, did that depiction pull anyone out completely out of the film or was there anyone else who had a strong opinion uh, for or against this movie? Um, Those who haven't, I think uh, Jim and Kat, you haven't really given us your, your overall take. So maybe let's uh, find that out. Uh, Sure. Go ahead, Jim. Uh, Um, yeah, so my my did that scene pull me out? No, I I've seen I I mean it, it, this so the scene itself with the jangly type music and just the weird facial expressions, it felt like a a different scene that didn't really fit 
kind of the and I'm not saying this bad, but it didn't really hit the flow of the rest of the film. It was almost like it seemed kind of outside of the story, even though it, it, it connected with the story. It's not what I'm saying, but because it was just felt different, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. It, it didn't bother me, but I definitely recognized, oh, this is, you know, some bronze toner or some crap he's got on his face because yeah. uh, of the the camera, you, you, you know, it, it brings that out. It's very evident. As far, as far as the overall impressions of this film, I mean, it was interesting, um, the character of the older lady, because um, I I like to root for underdogs. And the fact that she was painted at, she's a little kooky. She's a little strange. Mm-hmm. She even calls herself, you know, funny. And the kid says, no, you're not funny. You're fun. You, mm-hmm. you, you know, I like those kind of characters. That's why I like, love Tyrion. I mean, besides the wit you know and all that Tyrion in in, in the game of thrones books yeah you know absolutely. i i i do enjoy those type of type of characters outsiders you know um but the 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 tone of the movie i mean i had said it in, in our previous episode yeah there's a special place in your heart it's a feel it's a feel good even with the ending you know there was still that it was still, it was definitely bitter at the end, but, you know, the rest of that word is sweet. There's a lot of sweetness to this. Definitely, yeah. And um, I just, I don't really go for those movies. You, you yeah, know, it's you not said that I... Much, uh, that I said as much last week, too. That this, that's yeah, why it's you not chose that, uh, what you yes. did choose. Yeah, and it's not like I don't want to feel those feelings. You, you, know, you know what I mean? Um, they're just not interesting sure to, yeah. to, 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 to me that's all yeah yeah it would have been better if there was a bloodbath sometime yeah if bonnie and clyde would have rolled through with some tommy guns oh and, there you go. and you, you 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 know and they now were the ones to give yeah and and they were the ones <laughs> to give uh you know the whiskey before you know at all points bulletin shootout there's a, there's a different movie where haha really does chop him up and hit him on the head. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. No, you know what I really did like though was their kind of like simple musings about, you know, who would get the fruitcakes and like what they would do with it. Like, oh, mm-hmm. do you think uh, President Roosevelt will serve this? Yeah. That at the part White was cool. House, yeah. You know, yeah. Like that kind of stuff really was great. And like, oh, let's check the mailbox and, you know, we're going to get that uh, first place $50,000. Like all that stuff yeah. I found very endearing and and uh, heartwarming, uh, and such. And the, I think what the whole special really stands on the foundation is really uh, Geraldine Page's uh, performance. Uh, and while I don't mm-hmm. actually have a poster of her, I'm now considering getting one um, because yeah, she did such a great job in this. The kid was okay. He was a kid, you know. The but, kid was um, yeah. yeah, just okay. Yeah. But yeah, she was yeah. she was fantastic uh, in her characterization. This this movie reminded me of a Christmas story. Totally. Kinda. Yeah. yeah um, well, in, in that it was also narrated, right? Yeah. So uh-huh. I wonder if Christmas hey, story this, borrowed from this, to be honest, because it was yeah. very similar in the way that, that they rolled it out. Maybe. And, and in the scene when they were when they were talking about Mr. Ha, there was deaths, people were getting cut up. 
that felt to me, well, first of all, the narrator is the child, right? It's yeah. Truman Capote, but, you know, reminiscent as, as the child. That seemed like a child's imaginings, much like, you know, what if the fruitcake makes its way to Roosevelt? You know, that same thing that you had just mentioned. Probably, maybe, the only thing that ever happened at Mr. Hawes' juke joint is somebody got in a fist fight and something got slammed over somebody's head, right? And that's yeah. all that happened. Right. Yeah. And it was going through the courts, but now there's this big embellishment. So oh, I, yeah. I, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, and it makes me wonder what parts, and I always, I tend to wonder this when yeah. writers write like autobiographical stuff, you know, where, where they use literary embellishment because you have to. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, yeah, I mean that... You're right, Jim, in the sense that 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 little like two minutes of the movie stood out because mm -hmm. it was like it was like they wanted to they needed to make like a little two minute horror movie in the middle of this otherwise like saccharine sweet movie. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. And you get that's why you get the that like tense music and like you get them talking. You get them talking about like, oh, ha ha. He you know, he's a crazy man. He chops people up and hits them over the head. You right. know? Um, yeah. So they and and. But that I, I think that that all sort of went to to serve the sort of intent of like conveying that like this man is like 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 the 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 woman and the kid are not like high society folk, right? Mm -hmm. But the woman seems to think that haha -ha is even below her social status, right? And so I think that's like what that's what they wanted to convey is like who the mm -hmm. people were and like the sort of like social interactions with, of the people around, you know, and you get, you get, you get that again later in the movie when that woman in the car wants to buy her Christmas tree. Right? Yes. Yeah. You good see point. that stratification again. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I did get a sense that they, captured this era and this area of the united states pretty accurately mm. it, it really felt like uh true to what you might experience back in that time you know it had a very like uh the grapes of wrath or or you know i know why the caged bird sings kind of feel to it yeah you know? yeah so like this movie is basically the media version of a norman rockwell painting basically Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah sort of. Yeah. Um, well, parts of it, you know, the the more kind of saccharine, heart heartwarming, nostalgic. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. yeah, it's like it's Americana There's to eleven, grit. right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yes. Exactly. I wondered a lot in watching this if they like wanted this to take place like in a snowy environment, but it's just like because they filmed on location, it just didn't snow and they just couldn't get, cause like they push her on a sled, but it's just like on the dirt. Like it's just dragging on the dirt. And like, it, I feel like this film would be so much more of a Christmas movie. If it was just snowy everywhere, Did but, they push a sled. Well, it's like their little cart thing, but it doesn't have wheels. It just slides across the ground. Oh, no, like, it's, yeah, it's that's a, true. it has wheels. It's a, it wheels? it's like a baby carriage. Yeah. yeah it's oh, like a baby carriage. We're seeing wheels on it. Okay. We didn't have snow. So we sled it on dirt in the depression yeah. era. The couldn't afford snow. <laughs> he couldn't afford snow. <laughs> you, 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 you couldn't use, afford round you, things. You, yeah, right. when you're poor, you use what you, you, you have to use. In today's terms, it would be a shopping cart. I mean, you know. Yeah, right, exactly. yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, Kat, what did you, what were your impressions overall of... Uh, Kat, Kat must have loved this female-led movie. 
Oh boy. <laughs> Strong female character. <laughs> she don't need no man. So funny. Just a little boy. Um, yeah, just a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so I think I have similar feelings about this movie as Devin and even like Jim have expressed. It's there's something about it that's very like um charming. Kind of reminds me of like Little House on the Prairie kind of feel. Yeah. Um, oh, very good. Of, and, you know, just like a day in the life of, of yeah, the, of this, of these cousins essentially during Christmas time. Um, and so it's, it is sweet and wholesome in that sense. And I, I understand its appeal. Um, but it's, I, it's not a movie I specifically enjoyed. It just, maybe because it's, you know, if you guys did, you know, you, you Pepe and um, Ben watched it when you guys were younger, especially grew up with it. Like, I know I've said this before, like you have that nostalgic effect with these kind of movies. I, I just, oh, yeah. I can, I understand that. And because I had those movies that I grew up with that I don't think are necessarily movies I would enjoy now, but because I grew up with it, I have that nostalgia and so it's it's more sentimental in that sense, you know. Um, not saying that's why you guys enjoy the the movie, but um, I can see why people who grew up with it maybe would enjoy it more so than someone who didn't. I guess. Um, sure. Yeah, I I think you know what you guys have also already stated. Like obviously the Native American that's in the movie, um, for sure that was something that I noticed um, and. Otherwise, um, I think the acting was it was good, and and she was definitely a very interesting character. She doesn't have a name, right? I'm, I don't think that was ever no. stated. No, no, she's never named. Yeah, um, and I think that there was definitely some lines in there that were really touching, like some dialogue that seemed really just sweet. Um, yeah, I don't have any, like a negative. Like I don't think it's. A bad movie i just don't think it's my type it just for whatever reason it didn't it didn't hit whatever it needed to for me um and mm-hmm. i can't really mm-hmm. i don't know exactly what it is no well, i wonder if it was just the era and the production quality um i noticed they remade this in 1997 but i didn't look at any of the reviews mm. or anything um and i wonder if that adaptation was any good or um you know maybe, the other <laughs> Has anyone, uh, Pepe is the only one who's heard of this. Have you seen the 1997 adaptation? No, I haven't seen it. I was going to say the DVD that we have is black and white and the picture oh. is oh, wow. much, is much clearer. Um, mm-hmm. Then I, I, I have to imagine this was colorized. Mm-hmm. I have to imagine it was colorized after the fact, but also like who knows what version of this, like someone, some person uploaded to YouTube, you know? Yeah, the quality, uh-huh. the overall quality was not great. It was like, the resolution, I think, was like 360p, which is just, yeah. you know, it's it's under TV standard. Um, well, old, yeah, I don't know. TV would be 480. Uh, uh, so yeah. it was not even up to par with that. Um, but I found it watchable enough. But the production value overall was a bit, clanky and janky and the sound i think specifically the sound was bad and it is hard to forgive uh just poor quality sound 
Um, I wonder if they someone cared enough about it to remaster it. It might improve the mm. the the viewing of it um, a substantial amount. Um, I, I did want to say, um, and I, I do wonder that whether or not that was uh, that affected the viewing. But it's hard to say. You know, you get your impression of it. You watch it the first time. Uh, you almost need to rewatch something to really like. Uh, sort of get a grip on what it is that bothers you or not about something almost, you know, because you're just almost mm -hmm. having like a visceral kind of off the cuff, um, typically anyway, when you view something for the first time. Did anyone else yeah. uh, think of the that story, uh, the gift of the Magi, when they were like making gifts for each other and stuff, you know, and she wanted to give them the bike? Are you guys familiar with that one? It's like a short story uh, no. from like the 1900s where a uh, young well, the husband and wife he sells the watch and she cuts her hair. He's buying her a brush. Oh, yes. You know yeah. that one? He's, she's she's yeah. buying him a watch band yeah. or something like that. It kind of had that kind of feel to it. So, yeah, like like what Kat was saying, there was just a lot of like sweetness and, and stuff like that that I really, I, I kind of get into around Christmas, you know? Um, I, I My wife thinks I'm a bit of a Grinch, but she's kind of brought me around in the, in the years <laughs> we've been together to kind of enjoy it and then now having like a kid you know that's that age where like christmas is a really big deal um it's it kind of makes you see it through their eyes a little bit and so this kind right. of stuff i'm probably more open to it you know you're softening up yeah well i'm just kind of up. in a way yeah and in, in a way i'm like regressing almost and you know one yeah. of the great things about <laughs> having kids is you is you you see them experiencing things and you kind of get to re-experience being a child uh, -huh. uh through their eyes a second time with the um with the benefit of you know your experience as a as a grown-up so you kind of appreciate it more you know these types of things yeah i think what really i, I totally agree uh and i think what really worked for me about this movie that that the reason why it affected me and kind of like got me choked up at the end was because it reminded me a lot of like my childhood. I grew up very impoverished, uh, like far, far, far below the poverty line. And Christmas was always special. Like my mom always made like such an effort to make sure that Christmas yes. was always special. And I never, I never felt poor at Christmas because of what she did. And so like watching this story of like these, you know, obviously very impoverished people and, mm. and it's not a mother and, and son, but it was like a very similar relationship. And, um, now I enjoy, I, I like got to the point for a couple of years where once I became older and kind of realized what was going on, I was kind of depressed around Christmas time. Cause it was like, yeah, like I can't afford to buy my mom anything. My mom's like spending money. She doesn't have to buy me stuff. Like this is not good. And now that I am an adult and can afford to buy things, I've, I've like re fell in love with Christmas in a way that is really special. And that, that's, yeah. that definitely evoked that in me with this, with this movie. Me as well. There's a, there's a lot of there's a lot in this movie that hits on just like tried and true like Christmas things, right? Because like yes. this good. movie does such a this movie does such a good job mm. of like <clears throat> portraying the depths of their poverty without like victimizing them, right? And showing us how they're happy despite like their situation and how um how they like just like spin this hay into gold right like they take this like poverty and they turn it into joy because they have each other and because they know like what is important to them and 
all, all the while, these other two women who are presumably like better off than they are, are like living in their fuck the same house that they are, right? And you see the same theme in like, like the classic depiction of this is A Christmas Carol, right? And, and uh-huh. it's it's the scene where um, Jacob Marley is finished talking to, the ghost of Jacob Marley is finished talking to Scrooge, right? Yeah. And he pulls him to the window and he shows, he allows him to see all of the other ghosts outside, right? And what he shows him is the ghosts are out there and they are like, they're like rending their garments. They're so upset because there's a there's a homeless woman and a child, I think. And they, they're in hell. They're literally in torment because they can no longer help this poor woman and child in the street. And the that's other like, chained up ghosts. Like yeah, the Jake other chained Marley. up ghosts. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a very and, and they're all heavy they're scene, all wearing yeah. they're all wearing the fruits of their labors, right? They're wearing yes, the chains the that chains they, forged they forged in life. In life. Link yeah, by right? link and yard by yard. Yeah. And this this movie is almost like these are the other people that live in Scrooge's house. Like, what's their Christmas like, you know? And it's it's a story about them. They have each other, they love each other, they make their kites for each other. Mm-hmm. And it's almost Again, like which they've given yeah, last right. year, you know. It's almost it's almost like do. a it's almost like a punk message in a way, because they're just like, fuck the world, we're gonna <laughs> totally, do this dude. right. Right yeah. On. And uh but yeah, when the when the when the woman talks about like how like how sad she is that she couldn't get him a bike. Yes. That's that's uh-huh. like Mar that's like Marley, right? That's like his feeling as a ghost that he just he can't help these people and now he sees the like error of his ways where he could have done it. He had the means, he could have done it in life, but now he can't and he has to like get Scrooge to understand it. This right. is like this is like a primordial Christmas message, right? It is. And it it's does a, it so it's well. A foundational it Christmas message. Yeah, it does yeah. deliver on that aspect. Um and the, and it's interesting yeah. that that it's almost like a tonic for the like modern consumerism that has kind yeah, of swallowed right. up yeah. the season, I, you know. I was just going to uh I was just going to say that yeah, it gets back to the essence of of Christmas which is not materialism it's family and friends and the moments that we have and and thinking and having care for a larger community outside of yourself right that's why you know carolers go house to house you know to total strangers to sing for them you know it's the spirit um something that i was gonna gonna say just going back to your comment ben about what you um you know, being able to re-experience uh, Christmas through through your son and things like mm-hmm. that. I, I just mm-hmm. remember a quote, and I don't remember who said it, but the quote is, you know, it's the quest of the child, uh, you know, to become the the man, you, you know, and I would interject, and or a woman, mm-hmm. but it is the quest of the man or a woman to become... So it's a quest of the child become the man or woman, and then later it is the quest of the man or woman to become the child. And that can be split in so many different ways, but it can also be split towards what you're saying where you experience, because you experience vicariously through your wife, you, you, you know, and your, and your son, 
you open yourself up to this, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And to, to that's, your that's point, that's the woman in this movie too, right? Is that what, is that what you were going to say, Ben? Uh, I was going to actually no, but that's that's also I do agree with that as mm. well. I mm. was gonna I was gonna bounce back to Jim that to his point um, that the path to happiness or at least one path is mm -hmm. to serve a cause greater than yourself. Um, yeah. There's some uh, foundational wisdom to that. Uh, and I don't know if that is, I don't know, you know, scientifically why that's so, but I mean, we are, um, you know, uh, very, um, oh, what's the word? Uh, not communal, but uh, social animals, right? Social. We are and, social uh, animals. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And to Kat, thank you for recommending Squid Game. I just wrapped that up. And um, one of the laments of, uh, of of the rich people in Squid Game, and this is one, I won't be giving away anything here, but one of their laments was that they could no longer find happiness, uh, even though they had all the money in the world. It was kind of a curse, mm -hmm. uh, the curse of having too much and consumerism or whatever. And so I really do think that there's something to that where if you can serve a cause greater than yourself, um, that's that is a path to personal fulfillment. And almost it's there's almost like a twinge of uh, of selfish uh, selfishness to it in that sense. You know, you're giving, but you're getting so much more type of thing. And that's a very Christmassy message, you know, that I think some we uh -huh. would probably do good to remember um, while we're uh, buying stuff and, and unwrapping gifts and stuff. While I'm playing my PlayStation Five later tonight, I'll, I'll reflect <laughs> upon that in between rounds. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I so, think you, you see similar messages in like The Grinch You Stole Christmas, and like every good Christmas movie, you see these similar. And even even non-Christmas movies, though, like The Count of Monte Cristo. I remember uh, uh -huh. in, in that. I don't remember the characters' names off the top of my head. Um, but the, the, there was the poor one and the rich one, and they were buddies or whatever. And, and uh, the fiancé of the poor one was, like, was telling the, the rich guy um, that, yeah, he just he, he never got over the fact that when they, were, when they were kids, you know, he got a horse for Christmas, but his buddy, who was poor, got a little wooden flute, and he found much more happiness in his wooden flute. And it just pissed off the rich kid to no end that, you know, his horse that he got for christmas didn't give him as much happiness but i guess it is christmas themed my bad it is about christmas <laughs> <laughs> can't escape <laughs> um i will say this uh, pepe um this does a this this movie i think personally does a good job of capturing our theme of good bad yeah, christmas right. you know because yeah. it's kind of saccharine a little bit you know yeah, there's some bad stuff in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The production quality is not great, but there's also some good stuff in there. And so, yeah. nice job picking uh, picking something that somehow uh, represented our our odd theme, a matchup that we got. So, not not an easy challenge to rise to. Um, uh, and I'll ask a quick question before I play the last clip, and um, and uh, and ask you guys if you want to add anything else before we wrap up. Um, who teared up at the end? I'll raise my hand. One, I, I I cried. I was just yeah, crying. Yeah. I went from single tear to crying. Yes, yes. Yeah. And my was wife bad. was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> you have she, to watch did this. she watch it with you? No, she didn't. Because I was I usually am busy at my desk capturing clips, and she's keeping uh, my son 
you know, out of my hair for a little bit. While I do my yeah. Work. yeah, exactly. Um, so we tend not to watch these together, even though a lot of the time she says that she wants to. Um, but no, she was like, oh, so it was good. And I was like, yeah, you know. So yeah, yeah. that that came up. But uh, so Jim, did this, did this, uh, was this a tearjerker for you? And Jim and Kat. Uh, Kat, you want to answer that, this one first? Um, I mean, it was definitely um, a... It sounds like a no. It sounds like no, letting James was, down easy. <laughs> it wasn't a tearjerker for me, but it was still very... Heartless. You know. Um, <laughs> there Definitely. was emotion, but not no tears. Yeah. Just a, just a cube of ice where her heart should be. <laughs> she's a Grinch. She's a Grinch. She's got, she's got garlic in her soul. <laughs> <laughs> it just... Well matched for the Ice King from Adventure Time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We'll introduce him to Princess Cat. So and so, Jim, how about for you? Was there did it did any tears well up Um, escape? No, no, actually, uh, I don't tend to tear up on these kind of moments. You Mm -hmm. know, I definitely feel the endearment when I really felt the endearment was just the little motions when she like curls the boy's hair or just kind of touches him on the head you know you could just really feel the love you, you know between these two um and then you know likewise when he sits on the bed and you know why are you crying you're too old to cry you know a yeah. child's understanding of that but also a child's attempt to soothe you you, you know i mean um you know his cousin and his best friend in that moment but these type type of things don't make me tear up what i really tear up is actually um a lot of times when somebody is serving you know a greater cause and they end up you know paying for it or getting punished or they punish themselves so like at the end of schindler's list when he's talking just about say, the, car, schindler's list. the car and the ring that he could have sold that usually gets one me. more life but, there two more lives here yeah yeah, yeah i'm just off. like man that's powerful or malcolm x you know when he knows he's going to be killed but he yeah. still goes to the audubon you know ballroom and spike lee did a great job in that movie so that song that plays you know born by the river you know and i'm afraid to die you know i was just like man that was magic you know, those are the moments that I tear up in. Oh, cool. So based on the demographic information of our podcast, this movie only makes white men cry and no one else. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. We oh, should boy. make a movie oh, when white men cry. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's that phrase white women's tears, so we'll just do like a white man's tears special or something. <laughs> Play off that That's pretty funny. Well done, Devin. Okay, well, I'm going to uh, make a, a few white men cry here because I'm going to play the end clip. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Uh, this is going to get bad. Yeah, well, I want to call attention to something else, though. Um, well, but the end is masterful. I mean, it would be bad to not play it. So. Yeah, exactly. I had to. And it's it's a little bit of a longer clip, but I don't think I'll get a copyright ding for this since they put the whole movie up on YouTube and no one dinged them for that. Um, so I am pretty pretty much have a license to steal here. Um, knock on wood. But um, what I wanted to call attention to here was the just the excellent penmanship of Truman Capote. Um, such an epically good writer. Um, and I, I won't talk it up. I'll just play it. You can just his his turn of phrasing here is just so good. It makes me want to, like, give up writing. 
So he really he's was a master. He really was something. Yeah, he really his yes, exactly. He's a master, and the masterfulness of his prose here uh shines through. And uh okay, and I'll get my uh handkerchief out. As for me, I could leave the world with today in my eyes. This is our last Christmas together. Life separates us. Those who know best decide that I belong in a military school. And so follows a miserable succession of bugle-blowing prisons, grim, reveille-ridden summer camps. I have a new home, too, but it doesn't count. Home is where my friend is, and there I never go. And there she remains, puttering around the kitchen, alone with Queenie, then alone. Buddy, dear. She writes in her wild, hard-to-read script. Yesterday, Jim Macy's horse kicked Queenie bad. Be thankful she didn't feel much. I wrapped her in a fine linen sheet and rode her in the buggy down to Simpson's pasture, where she can be with all her bones. For a few Novembers, she continues to bake her fruitcake single-handed. Not as many, but some. And, of course, she always sends me... The best of the batch. Also, in every letter, she encloses a dime wadded in toilet paper. See a picture show and write me the story. But gradually in her letters, she tends to confuse me with her other friend, the buddy who died in the 1880s. More and more, 13ths are not the only day she stays in bed. A morning arrives in November, a leafless, birdless coming of winter morning, when she cannot rouse herself to exclaim, Oh my, it's fruitcake weather. And when that happens, I know it. A message saying so merely confirms a piece of news some secret vein had already received, severing from me an irreplaceable part of myself, letting it loose like a kite on a broken string. That is why, on this particular December morning, I keep searching the sky as if I expected to see, rather like hearts, a lost pair of kites hurrying toward heaven. And there you have it. Uh, that really encapsulates what's brilliant about his writing there. I think is that it really just it takes all the little pieces of story peppered throughout the story and just kind of re gives it to you there at the end in this beautifully written mm -hmm. prose. And so I really appreciated that uh, in between uh, shedding some tears, particularly for the dog. I'm a dog guy, so dude, it's. <laughs> Whenever you kill a dog, you're bringing out the big guns, dude. Shit. Oh yeah. yeah. Spielberg famously said, "If you want to uh, in uh, in 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 no endear your audience to the movie or something like that, or capture oh, your audience." Yeah, yeah. Well, not ingratiate, but if you want to like capture your audience, you uh, hit a puppy dog with a semi truck. <laughs> 
That also goes to his whole thing mm -hmm. about wanting to torture people like he, his little sister lamented. Mm -hmm. I mentioned that last week. That's another <laughs> thing of his. So, yeah, it's there's funny. that, you know. So well, he's using I mean, all the I, tricks. Well, I think one of the reasons why that ending hits so hard is because you get, like, in such a short amount of time, you get such a, like, rich understanding of, like, her as a person and their relationship and how, like, heartbreaking it must have been for him to have lost her. It's brutal, man. Fuck. Yeah, it is. And and it's real, too, because that really did happen to him. And uh, he had a rough go of it mm -hmm. after that. And that was one of those, you know, golden memories of his childhood that he clearly got him through some difficult times and he carried with him uh, probably till the end of his days, really. You know, yeah. that was home to him. That's the one thing he remembered that, that brought him uh, that feeling you know, that elusive feeling that you sometimes, sometimes if you like, you know, kind of in a, if you've experienced trauma, you, you know, a lot of people lament that they, they go home, but it it's, you know, never like it was before, you know, you can never go home again, I guess is the phrase. Um, and so, yeah. you know, those memories of, of such things are probably even more special at that point. Anyone, uh, want to add anything else? Uh, about a Christmas memory before we tally our grades. I just wanted to mention that I, I the character I think I sympathize most with in this in this story is the aunts, just because like mm. this kid and old lady would be the worst fucking people to live in the same house as ever. Like they're getting <laughs> drunk and like tap dancing around, and then Christmas morning instead of like coming to your bedroom and waking you up, they're just like banging metal. It's like good lord. <laughs> Just the worst yeah. housemates you could ask for. <laughs> this is the ge this is the generation of kids who invented the Halloween that we uh, now enjoy in our modern era, because uh, you, the tr the term trick or treat came from the idea that kids would go around on uh, on Halloween night and just trash the town, and so it was the the idea that they could go get candy instead if they didn't trash your house uh, or the neighborhood. Uh, was kind of a peace offering by the grown-ups yeah. at the time. It was a tithe so, to pay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, yeah, wow. not, that did that just struck me as real as well. The whole like banging the pots and pans and such. Yeah, but yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, as a grown-up, uh, I would not enjoy being woke up on Christmas <laughs> yeah. morning in that in that regard. Yeah, very good. Anything else, guys? I think, I think there. I think just one other thing, at least that is that resonates with me, is that sure, I think it, sure. this this show also has a shows how like religion can be used positively and negatively too. The mm, the two yeah. aunts are shown to be these sort of like task mistresses, right? Mm -hmm. And when they they have they have a lot of fire and brimstone, and they sort of feel like they have the courage of their convictions, and they sort of have the spiritual high ground against these um other two people um when it is uh exceedingly obvious that they do not um yes and uh yeah and and the the, the little like um uh monologue that Geraldine Page has at the end when she talks about how why like as she mentions a couple times in the in the movie about Baptist windows Baptist windows must have been a sight to behold back in the day but um yeah i mean she kind of she thinks that she's she's having these thoughts and she says, well, I, you know, she kind of says like these ideas that like God is like 
this beautiful, beautiful, like a Baptist window in the, in this sort of idea that these ants have, she kind of has this realization that like, God is everywhere. You like her life. She sees God everywhere. Um, And that's sort of the realization that she has at the end. Yeah. That that you don't have to wait till you die or whatever to see uh, the awesome power or presence uh, of of the bigger power sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Like you don't, you don't need a Christmas tree with lots of pretty glass balls on it. Right. Like, yeah, right. God, God is in your Christmas tree that. that you made with your, your little cousin or whatever that you like he fucking made 50 cats and put them on there and doesn't want to put a cow on it you know yeah (laughs) that's that's where he that's where god is and she kind of and she comes to realize that sure yeah and even as an atheist i can take that colloquially and uh and wring some truth out of it um for myself Uh so i can get behind that yeah very well stated and uh yeah it was an important point of the movie as well um anything else guys yeah, I think we have enough to uh, tally a grade. Um, but before we assign grades, we have time to take a short commercial break. And now a word from our sponsors. Friends, are you having trouble getting into the Christmas spirit? Has the phrase, tis the season, lost its luster? Do the holidays seem like a monotonous, repetitive slog tainted by abject consumerism? (laughs) In other words, are you suffering from Grinchitis? Well, if you need help putting the feeling back into your festivities, we've got just the product for you. From the makers of Dr. Oz's all-new old-fashioned snake oil, we proudly present Truman Capote's Bittersweet Tear-Flavored Memories. (laughs) Yes, just a few drops of tear-flavored memory concentrate will have you overwrought with nostalgia. You'll radiate so much Christmas spirit, why you'd short-circuit a Geiger counter. Yes, you'll be so emotionally potent that scientists will want a sample to synthesize in a lab. Too bad for them, though, because we already did. Side effects include being good for goodness sake heartwarming, tear-jerking, welling up, and declaring, damn you, Capote, while shaking your (laughs) fist in the air and blubbering like a toddler. (laughs) Truman Capote's bittersweet, tear-flavored memories, like snorting a line of pure, uncut, rose-colored glasses made deep in the heart of the Colombian rainforest and smuggled into the States (laughs) aboard a 1970s single-prop engine Cessna. This guy knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) shit. (laughs) <laughs> i thought for sure you were going to be like having trouble getting into the holiday spirit try poverty <laughs> <laughs> i should have that's hilarious <laughs> I, I i have a question for you though sure uh what's the thc content of bittersweet memories <laughs> off the chart yeah. Off Hi, yeah. <laughs> 4, 420, 420, 4269. There you the go. Bucket. There you go. I have another question, Ben. Is is Grinchitis sexually transmittable? Or um, oh God, I I don't know. You'd have to consult your uh, PCP uh, to to determine that. Uh, I'm not yeah, a PCP in that drug too. Oh hell yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! 
There's everything <laughs> I mean, in there. The Grinch is green well, for a reason. What did you think Christmas I mean, spirit was? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you saw the you Grinch eat glass, right, right? Like that's why he eats that bottle, that you know, that beer bottle. Totally didn't feel a thing. So it's just high on PCP. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Legend has it they unloaded two clips into him, and he still kept coming. <laughs> Dude, the, those who's—they're just—they're well armed. That's what they the do to each other. Guns, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just couldn't take them down. <laughs> yeah, those like tum tummers and ring tinglers. That's all code for guns. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like guns. a movie Jim could get behind. Am I yeah. wrong? <laughs> <laughs> then, his, then his AK went tum tingler, rum tum. Yeah, totally. All right. Cool. Well, another uh, wonderful commercial break brought to you by the people uh, who made Dr. Oz's all new old fashioned snake oil. Dr. Oz yeah. is uh, running for Senate now, so I included him. Oz. Oh, Lord. He's such a quack. I hate him. Um, anyway. He's a fake doctor. Now he can be a fake senator. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. Is he really? My nightmare for is all too real. Um, okay. Oh, man. Even this movie is just like harkens back to a time when people fantasize about the president serving their cake. Like, wanting right? to have anything to do with How the president. How awesome is that? I yeah. know, right? Oh, geez. I couldn't Wasn't help he picture, like four times or something. I couldn't help but picture Mrs. Roosevelt with just like just like a thousand fruitcakes that like get sent to her from all over the fucking place. She's just like just like shoveling them into uh, the dumpster. I mean, the, t- <laughs> the time of it is is just like yeah. I mean, given given the time period, I like I'm sure it never crossed their mind that like oh there's a bomb in this fruitcake or like this is this is more anthrax <laughs> than yeah. this is an anthrax. No, fruitcake. I mean until. Until mm. Kennedy's assassination, there was no, um, you know, they wouldn't do like the, they, they no. had them out in the open. And, yeah, you could just mail stuff to the president. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. exactly. You could probably walk yeah. up to the White House. You could probably just walk to the White House front door. A more innocent era, for sure. When, that, when their fruitcake may have seen the president's table. It's crazy to think that, but yeah. it fucking could have happened. Yeah, yeah, that was one of my favorite parts to to kind of wonder about that. And it definitely put it in the right the right era for me. What with the uh, Roosevelt being president and stuff. Um, all right. Well, on that note, why don't we uh, submit our final grades? Poetry, yeah, and that movie uh, was that that clips from a Christmas story, which is maybe a bit of a spiritual sequel to this. Um, so, Pepe, why don't you uh, give us your grade, and uh, we'll go from there. Since you're the champion, and you submitted this one, uh, sure. Um, I feel bad giving this a straight up A, so I think I'm going to give it an A minus. I, I think that. Um, what? I think that. I feel like I can, or I think that in a very objective way that this movie is very, very good. Uh, hopefully that is not my uh, my nostalgia talking. Um, I think this is a rich vein of just Christmassy goodness. Um, mm-hmm. And Geraldine Page obviously knocks it out of the park. And Truman Gabodi, as we've said, um, writing for this, it's a, it's a masterpiece. Um, so... You know what? Fuck it. I'm giving it an A. Ah, talked yourself into the A. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I would take away points for was the production value overall, but um, I'm willing to, in the spirit of Christmas, um, give it a pass for the um, 
somewhat lacking sound quality uh, and picture quality. Um, and I can also kind of blame YouTube. Um, so I, I think that I'll also give it an A. Um, it was a, I'd never seen it, um, hadn't heard of it, but it was kind of a delightful new Christmas uh, in the spirit of the season kind of movie to enjoy for me. So um, I'll even go so far as to say it was a bit of a blessing. Uh, so yeah, and it was a nice, and I'll give it points, uh, for kind of encapsulating our, uh, theme mashup, which was not, I think not easy to do. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we'll start, we'll start with, uh, the 4.0 and then take a dive off the cliff. It's going to take Cap? a nosedive here pretty hard. Shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, <man>. you. <laughs> Oh, there we go. Yeah, it's on you. Just rip rip off the band-aid here. (laughs) There we go. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So I I definitely agree with Ben on you choosing the right movie for this genre. I think there's definitely good things about this movie. I think there's definitely bad things about this movie. Um, And I'm just just a little bit more on the latter. So uh, Mm -hmm. for me, it's going to be a solid C+. That's how I feel. Okay. Yeah, okay. I feel like that's a charity plus. That's a Christmas plus on the end there. <laughs> sure. <It> might be. <laughs> that's right. You know, when you tie the ribbon around the present, it kind of makes a plus thing. So Yeah. I'll, right. I'll, I'll just uh I'll just dig deep and uh see if that sticks. Um all right, Devin. Um let's continue uh our our dragging down of the uh, GPA here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that I, I b- before this conversation, I think I probably would have given this film a, a lower score. Um, oh, but I okay. think that in talking about it and in kind of realizing why it emotionally affects me, because I kind of like, I think when I first saw it, I, I was just like, yeah, like, you know, an old lady dies, like that's going to make anyone sad. Right. But like in mm. thinking about it more and like it's, it's similarities to my own, experience as a child and like you know that really got me kind of choked up and i think that there was something deeper there and for something this old and this detached from my entire life literally by 30 years (laughs) um it it, for something that like that to still get an emotional effect out of me and still hit me it is pretty impressive um so i think i'm gonna give it a b actually a solid b i think that there's definitely problems with it and it's kind of weird with this category because it is good bad and it's like well you know, if the, if there's bad things about it, it's actually good because that matches the theme. But you know, <laughs> yeah. I think some of the problems were a little beyond that. Well, I, w- I was stated all around. I was going to make an appeal to it, making you cry. But then I remembered the Sonic movie made you cry. And I, I didn't. <laughs> Did it really? Like, Are you, is Pepe joking? I know. I'm very, as I've said before, I'm very susceptible to emotional manipulation. It's very mm-hmm. easy to make me cry with a movie. Like you just mm-hmm. literally yeah, play too. the right score during like an intense moment. Like you get the right song. That's all. That's all it's going to take. Like you just got to hit me with the, the swell of music. And I'm like, oh, God. Yep. Yeah, me too. I know some of my earliest memories are uh, crying during E.T. in the theater when I watched it in the theater Absolutely. and uh, uh, crying when Bambi's mom got shot in the theater on a re-release, of course. I remember seeing that. And, uh, yeah mother uh, oh that still gets me damn it um <laughs> <laughs> cool okay well uh not not too terrible and uh like i said eloquently stated um nice summary um okay jim uh we'll leave the final grade to you sir yeah so like Devin, um i had a vision of a of a grade but in discussing now i you know it, it's a higher grade so originally, just coming in right off the cup, I would have gave it a B. 
mm-hmm. but it was both uh, you, Pepe, when you dissected that scene. It's almost because you have seen this movie so many times, you gave me that rewatch value, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um, so, and I was like, well, that was, you know, it, when you describe the argument with the show and classes, classism, for some reason, I didn't really see those elements until you pointed them out, you know? And then I was thinking back on it. I was like, yeah, I can definitely see that. And then when, you know, the lady in the car tries to buy the Christmas tree and gets put out because she won't sell it, you know? Yeah. Um, because it means something different to her than it does to the woman, you, you, you know? And I was like, wow, there are some some moments and then you've been you know just describing some of the some of the different um aspects of it so in that in the short answer <laughs> too late now but in the short answer b plus wow okay so it's kind yeah. of a christmas miracle yeah yeah i don't want to you know just because it's not a type of movie that i would watch to the audience that it's presented to it's very clearly that movie right you know what yeah. you're going to get. I mean, you could just look at it and know pretty much what you're going to get. And it delivers outstandingly in that regard. So, I mean, you know. Yeah. And, I just, and, and that writing at the end was beautiful. And stellar. I had seen the beauty of it. But when you replayed it, it just it just added more texture. Uh, yeah, the woman, the woman's so full of folksy wisdom too, right? Because the woman in the yeah. car, the woman in the car, that's why I called her Gump and because yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. she, yeah. she, she, the the woman or the the R woman tells says like I wouldn't even sell it for a dollar, and the woman's like scandalized. Uh-huh. She's like a dollar, and she's like, well, you can just go get another one. And then uh, the woman says uh, something like, there ain't two or nothing in this world, or something yeah. like that. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, shit. exactly. God, that's, she's so that's full the of takeaway line. Just she's so full of like salt of the earth wisdom. That's right. Yeah, gotta love that. <laughs> <That's> so funny. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I'm gonna okay. have to have a great grenectomy after this conversation. <laughs> I'm gonna watch this again. Like the, I, I had to watch this in secret because if my parents saw me, my like the rest of my family saw me watching this, they'd be like, "What are you? What, you're watching this now? We have to watch it later." So I had to watch it in secret. So. Well, in that regard, let's see if uh, our overall GPA uh, for this movie will deliver a little gift uh, to Pepe's family or not. What did we end up with, Devin? So that drops it at a solid B plus 3.32. I had predicted that Jim might say a minus instead of B plus. And so I was looking to see what that would be. That would have been a 3.4, which I just wanted to point out would put it in a very strange camp with the other B. This is the first 3.32 we've had, but the other mm-hmm. 3.4s we've had Black Swan, 10 wow. Cloverfield Lane, Lighthouse, mm-hmm. and Enemy. <laughs> It'd be a very oh, strange up Those four movies. Those four movies. And then this, this would be a weird grouping. There's a strange bedfellows. Well, I, I will say that for something that was 51 minutes, they really packed a lot into it. Um, oh, man, and I, I agree with Pepe that it's uh, objectionably. I didn't. I, I objectively um, well structured. Um, I didn't really talk about the structure in our, our conversation, but uh, to to imbue something so short with that much and dense is the right word. Yeah um is masterful and so it's hard, it yeah Cody, you know yeah. one of the one of the greats so 
well going done. into it knowing that it was an hour i when when they like finished all the fruitcakes and like sent them out i was like okay that it certainly that was an hour certainly that was the whole story and i like paused it I was like oh it's like we're like 20 minutes in there's so much right? more movie like that felt I, like a full story like a full hour long story i had yeah, the same yeah. feeling it felt longer yeah. than it actually was because it was so dense yeah but not in a bad way yeah there, no, there are no. definitely movies that feel much longer than they are in a bad way yeah right yeah yeah and just one more ad because i just mm-hmm. thought of it mm-hmm. i do not know that much about truman capote capote like um, huge uh, Pepe and Ben and Ben do. I mean, he was kind of like a uh, just because I seen the clip. He's kind of a Johnny Carson era type of guy, and then older, of course, you know. And and Johnny Carson, when he went off the air, I was still, I think, I was still a kid or a preteen at the most. So, uh, yeah, was, Carson um, went off the air in the in the early nineties. Yeah. And he had been okay. on for quite some time. And so, yeah, Capote yes. was definitely, um, like my grandparents generation. Mm-hmm. He, he was also, I think for the time, one of a few, one of a very few sort of like openly gay celebrities too. See, I didn't yeah. know that either. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yes, exactly. And, um, did well um early yeah, and on successful in yeah. that sense mm-hmm. yeah exactly it was uh accepted and uh beloved and celebrated actually so yeah yep okay cool um well that concludes our uh our jaunt into truman capote presents a christmas memory um it is time to roll the dice uh we need to find out what we'll be Yay. watching for series six, yeah. episode three um, we'll dice. find out how close to the theme our our next choice will be. Training day um, two, secret of the years. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Jim, do you have a uh, six cider? Man, I have mm-hmm. a virtual die roller just ready to rock and roll. Oh, excellent! Well, that works for me. So, yep. Okay. Well, let me uh, uh, cue up your sound cue here. And there it is. All right. Let's. We're ready to roll. Let's uh, give you that drum roll so that you can roll the dice. I don't know. I've said roll a lot, but I'm just rolling with it. (laughs) (laughs) I got a six. A six. So translate that for me. Would that be a three? So that would be a three. That would translate. I should have rolled a 1d3. Oh, yeah. I guess in virtual dice you could. Um, Okay. But anyway, that works. So uh, number three, lucky number three, we will be watching a movie um, called It's a Wonderful Life, 1946, which is currently (laughs) streaming on Tubi TV, which I imagine you can probably throw a stone and hit something that will be uh, has a wonderful life going. So the consummate Christmas classic. Mm -hmm. Um, Cool. So that, that very much fits the theme uh the christmas theme so looking forward to that join us next week for it's a wonderful life um sure to be a wonderful discussion uh show announcements um show business still haven't gotten that email if you send it uh and it's <laughs> and a fruit back. cake yeah <laughs> yes please in lieu of emails we will accept fruit cake. cakes do we have a P.O. Uh, box, Ben? We have to get a P.O. box so, that, so we can receive um, fruitcakes. I'm right <laughs> on top of that. 
Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Pepe, do you actually like fruitcake? Like, unironically, you do you enjoy it? Does anyone I, like fruitcake here? To be honest, I don't think I've mm. ever eaten fruitcake. Uh, I mean, it's just a brick of dried fruit. Just like, like yeah. imagine if you took a handful yeah. of dried fruit and just put them in your mouth. Like, yeah. that's just what it, and then booze and then poured some whiskey in after. I mean, it's it's an hey. unpleasant experience in everyone I've ever had. It feels like a Depression era recipe. Yes, right. Yeah. Yeah, like it, they make they make fruitcakes because if they don't eat them, they could like build a house out of them, right? <laughs> yeah. Or they'd get like scurvy if they didn't eat their fruitcake. You know? <laughs> right, scurvy. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> they don't want their teeth to fall out. The so only way, yeah, the cake. only way they can get the citrus is through the candy, the orange peels or whatever, you know? Yeah. Back in the Depression era, we had to use even the peels, you know? <laughs> so I mean, we invented much... fruitcake. <laughs> How much lard did they buy? Like two two pounds of lard? Like nothing could be bad that has that much lard in it. You know? All right. Yeah. The lard makes it good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lard, yes. <laughs> I see the divinity in that lard. <laughs> three dozen eggs, dude. Three dozen eggs. There's like 25 pounds of flour, too. Like, it was, yeah. yeah it's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's the one time they got to feel wealthy, right? At the store. So. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, write to me at ben at redhenmedia.com. We may respond on the show. I also wanted a quick announcement. Um, we were, I'll say awarded because I want to feel good about myself. Hell yeah, uh, YouTube dude. said we're eligible for a uh, a URL, a custom URL, instead of just a string of random letters and numbers gobbledygook, um, which is supposedly a goblin language. Did you guys know about that? I looked up the no. word gobbledygook to no. see if I was oh, using it right. It's supposedly a uh, uh, ref reference to a goblin language or something like that. So I was like, oh, that's kind of a D&D &D thing. Anyway, we have a, a now a custom URL, so you can find us at uh, youtube.com slash redhenmedia. Is that because they've recognized our awesomeness? Well, I think that we've just been putting out content regularly enough that it triggered something. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I know a lot of YouTube stuff is based on total views on your channel. It's just like a total. I do have a lot thing. of views. So yeah, yeah it could have just been you hit that. No, you happen to hit that number, uh, whatever it was. We're you know we're moving on. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So well done, us. Uh, everyone can break their arms patting themselves on the back. So good job, good job, team. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was nice to see that. And now I now in my social media links, I don't have to write the string of letters and numbers. It looks a little more professional, and uh, and so. Uh, hmm. We nabbed the uh, URL before that other Redhead Media did. I'm sure there's one out there. <laughs> it was just right. like that too. When I, whenever I thought of a band name back in the day when I was doing music a lot, um, even back then it was like, oh yeah, like five other people have this band name. So it was like incredibly difficult to find one that uh, that wasn't already nabbed. Um, so yeah, it's like finding Story. a unique username these days. I tried to recently yeah, make like exactly, a backup. Right? I tried to make like a backup Gmail account. I no joke for like an hour was trying to come up with a fucking email that I w was like not complete nonsense. It, like they're all every there Gmail has been it. taken. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, I got I got one from my son um, like right off the bat when he was born just to like, you know, give him that gift later in life. You know? Yeah, um, <laughs> he'll have, have 4000 emails by the time he opens it for the first time, you know, just just like, yeah, random joke that's found does. him. Yeah, yeah. Well, it came in handy when I signed them up for, uh, you know, like Xbox and PlayStation because uh, they do require a uh, email. So yeah. even for kids accounts, so I was like, all right, you're good, kid. But uh, yeah, um, I think 
that's probably about it. Okay. Oh. Who, who's that? Um, Santa? <laughs> Just oh. one more thing. Oh, shoot. I was hoping for Santa. Well, just I one guess more I'll gift. settle for Lieutenant Columbo. Yeah, just one more gift. Um, we've reached the uh, segment of our show we called Just One More Thing. Uh, and that was Lieutenant Columbo saying we have time for Just One More Thing, uh, where each co-host shares a little something from outside of the show. Um, Kat, do you have something you want to kick it off with while I scramble to think of something? I do. I knew I was forgetting um, something tonight. Oh, jeez. <laughs> My just one more thing is this little show you guys have never heard of called Tiger King. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. What's that? That's intriguing. But it is um, actually the second season came out. So mm-hmm. um, it's if you've already seen the first one, then definitely catch up and watch the second one. I, I thought the second one was pretty good. So um, okay. it's really interesting to see the aftermath of Tiger King within the, you know, just the reaction in the media. Um, from people and uh, after results of yeah. that too so do you think they just kept filming or or do you think they had to scramble after it was such a big hit to just go out and film some more i've only seen I the think, first episode of the second season so i think they did both i think kind yeah, of yeah yeah i think they they had some more filming that they didn't use and then also at the same time i think they went further and like they went further into depth about carol baskin killing her husband so there was there's that more like that was already kind of alluded to okay. in the first season so okay. um for example they did that they did further yeah that mystery that. was that mystery was left unresolved uh from the first mm-hmm. season and i i don't know if it's resolved now but I am interested in finding out more about that. So thank you. Um, actually, I'll do my I just wanted to reiterate that I did watch um, Squid Game. Um, who here has not seen Squid Game yet? I haven't seen all of it. I can't believe you're watching everybody's shows but mine. What was the I'm one that upset. I oh Hannibal? I started watching. Yeah. That. Yeah. You know, I'll pick that back up. Um, you know what it what it is? It's just I Netflix is just my go-to thing and uh that it's like first up on my Roku, you know? And so I just tend to hit that first, but I have been watching actively adventure time and really enjoying that. So, Oh yeah. Uh, may that be excellent. a, may that be a gift to you. And it's been nice. Right, it's a consolation. Watch. It's a salve. No, you know? Yeah. And before I get to the squid game thing, it is, it is very much so a salve. Well said, uh, a tonic, if you would. Um, yeah. With that one, I, I, I remember that in the Seinfeld, there's this episode where this guy, anytime he hears uh, the song Desperado, he kind of like has the thousand yard stare and looks off in the distance and has to listen to it. For me, that song is the is the uh, outro song from Adventure Time. Uh, I really yeah, love right. that. And my son and I both. Um, it's good. He, he's a big he loves like uh, um title sequences for shows and stuff so he really loves uh the adventure time title sequence specifically and the and the outro sequence yeah the intro is really good yeah but i will say that squid game uh is absolutely um masterful um Mm -hmm. and so have no doubt that you are in good hands and they will deliver on the story and everything and um just really really want jim did you see the whole thing Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I thoroughly it. enjoyed it. Yeah. So thank you for that, Cat. Yeah. I'll reiterate that. Please do watch it if you haven't. 
um, you will not be let down. Uh, Devin, it might torture you a bit because it, it was even torturous at points for me. So, um, so enjoy that if you do watch it. But yeah, they do deliver. So I, Pepe, I'm excited for you to to watch it and hear what you have to say as well. I think you'll really enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, I've watched the first like three or four episodes, something like that. Yeah, that's really just the yeah, yeah. Just really the tip of the, the iceberg. Tip of the iceberg. Really. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, and I wasn't even sure until after the last episode how if they would land it. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, you know yeah, Game of Thrones, right. uh, but it was <laughs> not like that. Um, they they did an elegant job of of wrapping things up there. So wow is my response to Squid Game, and so uh, thank you for that, Cat. Uh, really, really enjoyed that one. Um, okay, so moving on. Um, Koreans are on the map. Yeah, seriously, they got the <laughs> pop music and the the Squid yeah. Game and some other movies that, uh, and they did a really yeah, good Parasite, job. With the, uh, best picture. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, lots of stuff. Um, so well Train done. Train to Busan. Train to Busan. Yeah, I would yeah. just be terrified to actually live there, though. Yeah. Um, old boy. <laughs> well, old boy. I don't know what's what's old boy. Old boy is a little bit of an in joke. It's that. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm glad I didn't laugh then. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz I have no idea. Um but yeah, I would be actually terrified to live in in South Korea just because you're, you know, adjacent to one of the craziest gr- countries in the world. But it's uh, a lot like living in Canada, you know. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Uh, it's definitely better than living in the north, I I imagine. Um but uh yeah, their culture and and what they're doing over there is uh, pretty exciting stuff. And the dub was so good, and the acting was so good uh-huh. in the dub that I just totally forgot that it was dubbed, and it just, they really delivered. Okay, I'm really going on about this. Just well done, Squid Game. Really loved it. Okay, Devin, what have you got for us this week on uh, just one more thing? Yeah, I was struggling to come up with something, um, because I, I don't feel like I've been watching a lot of new stuff. Um, I've been catching up on things, and like I haven't really been playing any new video games, uh, but... I do want to recommend uh, Saturday Night Live, a little show you might have heard of. Yes. Um, the this current season. Yeah, this current season has been extremely impressive. I think that a lot of people kind of dip in and out of SNL. It's kind of a normal thing. A lot of people yeah. used to like it kind of stopped when like, you know, Amy Poehler left like, you know, that left far back even. And mm-hmm. I do think there have been some rocky seasons. I think this one is incredibly strong so far. The new cast members are very good. The old cast members are pulling out all the stops. Um, they're utilizing some of the funniest people they have, like Cecily Strong and A.D. Bryant. I think both of them are triumphant uh, cast members. And yeah, I, I highly recommend this season. It's been incredible so far. If, you, if you've if you been out for a little while, get back in and check it out. Yes. every It's funny because it's been on so long. I think there's probably more bad seasons than good seasons. But when they're good, they're very good. Mm-hmm. And I'll yeah. just say uh, the one skit that I came across recently that i really loved was man park i thought that was fantastic oh yeah man park I, was great. That was good. I just it was just so right uh so yeah, <laughs> yeah i agree with you uh something special is happening over there uh yeah at the 30 rockefeller this season also i just wanted to do a piggyback recommendation michael che who's a cast member who does a weekend update with colin mm-hmm. jost mm-hmm. uh michael che just released a netflix comedy special called shame the devil uh it's it's also very good it's fairly short for a comedy special i think it was only like 42 minutes or something like that so it's like a fairly it's not like one of those big like hour-long ones or something 
So it's so easy to watch. He's a funny guy. He's a very like laid back uh, sort of style. He's not very energetic and it's, it's mellow. It's a very mellow comedy special, but very funny. Cool. And so, what was yeah, the shame, name of it? Again? Shame the devil. Shame the devil. Shame the devil. Oh, I liked it. I like that title. That's cool. All right. Some of the best comedy albums I've heard have come off uh, from alumni from uh, SNL. Yeah. So, yeah. Very good. Pepe, what have you got for us? Uh, so I went and saw Dune uh, oh, last cool. weekend. <clears throat> yeah. And it is um, directed by Denis Villeneuve, one of probably my f- current favorite working director. He's so hot. Probably. Right Probably my current favorite working director. Yeah. Um, and uh, I really liked it. Um, the more I think about it, the more I like it. Um, you know, I, there were, and it was an odd one too, because a lot of the people, a lot of the sort of like um, people that I uh, sort of like in the media that I interact with, you know, when the, the sort of like one way interaction, right. That talk about movies were sort of cool on it. And so, and Mm. I had pretty low expectations for it too. Um, just from the trailer and from the stills that I had seen and stuff. I went in Um, skeptical as well. Yeah. I was real skeptical. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, he pulled it off. He did. I think he did a really good job. Um, it is a feast for the eyes. Um, a la Blade Runner 2049. Yes. Which I loved. I fucking loved that movie. Can I, I can loved I interject? watching that movie. He, the way yeah. he portrays future tech uh, and realizes it in his works, you buy it in a way that feels new and that you actually believe that this is could be uh, where we land if we don't, you know, expunge ourselves from the universe or whatever. Um, it just yeah. captures something about, especially, particularly, I think in Dune, cause it's so much further in the future. Um, you know, the vehicles and the technology and stuff, they really did such a beautiful job of realizing in that. Yeah. The, everything, um, everything is presented as if it is just the things that go on in this world and no one bats an yes. eye at them. And so neither do you as an audience member. You're just like, oh, okay, this is what this world is like. And you get to find out what this world is like uh, over the course of uh, the movie. Um, And so if you're like me, and I know I am, you'll like (laughs) Dune. Yeah, Uh, I've also been telling you to check it out. Yeah, Goosey Dune, and then maybe watch uh, the, the review that Red Letter Media did of it, too. I thought they did a good oh, job because they compared. Okay. They compared uh, I, I David Lynch's. Yeah, yeah, they did a comparison of David Lynch's with uh, with the new one. Um, they do in depth reviews too that are sometimes hours long. Yeah, it was uh, well. Like it was about an hour. It was about an okay. hour. So cool. And those are the guys famously who uh, tore apart the uh, prequel movies back in the day. Yeah, the deserve. Yeah, they deserve. And I say famously because it. yeah, yeah, no, they did. I say famously because they actually. Uh, one fame from those reviews that he did and uh in a very yeah. entertaining and clever way with the character that he portrayed in the, in those so if you haven't seen those they're worth watching because they're hilarious and he portrays kind of a jim you would like it he portrays kind of like a psychopath serial killer 
reviewing the movie and then like taking visits to the basement where he has people trapped and stuff. And yeah. like loses it. Wow. It's really entertaining. Some of, it, some of it hasn't aged very well, I don't think. Oh, but, really? I, I'm yeah. yeah, I haven't seen it since then. So have you seen it more recently? Well, mm, sort of, yeah. It's I mean, what they have to say about the movie, I, to be honest, I think that like they became saturated in the culture in like an instant because everybody saw those movies and now and now like they i don't think they command the sort of like i i think they loom large larger in our in the sort of like popular mindset about how we think about movies and how we critique them mm -hmm. but no one can sort of no one points their finger to them which is weird um yeah there's sort of there were they were pioneers in thinking about and talking about movies in a particular way that affected everybody that came after them but no one sort of gives them credit for it or few they they get they Except need more guy. credit than they deserve yeah right yeah yeah no they do um and i wouldn't be surprised if i watched back now horrified by some of the stuff they have in there but <laughs> yeah. um uh because it was pretty there was an actual horror element to it for one thing yeah. but um yeah um huh. i'm going off of god those reviews must be a almost as old as the prequels now i mean this was early early youtube yeah. um, i mean they must have correctly. they must be in the double digits of million views too oh must yeah be. definitely certainly yeah and so Maybe. they still do movie reviews they still have a channel um and uh, i'll i'll definitely check that out having already watched Dune. so thank you for that Maybe someday Red Hen Media and, and Red Letter Media will become one company. We'll just be Red Red Media. Oh man, Red, oh, yeah. Red Letter Media! Yeah. If you're listening to this, come do our show, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they are. Uh, yeah, no doubt, that'll be our first. Mike, that'll Mike be our first Jay, email. if you're listening, Mike and Jay, if you're listening, that's right. Rich, if you're listening, come please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that that email is forthcoming. Uh, we'll get the call. Yeah. You won't know. I'll just disappear, and then a new company will emerge. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll just be Red Media, and we'll spread the uh, communist message to all corners. <laughs> right, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> World yeah. Um, that will emerge from the chaos. Yeah. Have we not said that this is a communist podcast? That any, uh, yeah, is that, uh, have we not stated that explicitly? Oh, we should probably do that. I actually have a story. Quick story. We've um, we've seized in, the means of egg production. That's right. That's <laughs> right. That's where it all starts. Um, no, not, not at all, to, to be honest. Uh, but there was an interesting, uh, crossover a, couple, a few years back. Um, there was a, like a cafe or something called Red Hen. And it was in the news for like turning away, uh, a Republican, uh, congressman or something like that. Um, and I actually received some emails, uh, some hate emails from people oh, on the wow. right confusing redhead media with this cafe uh, and i saved them oh, because wow. they're just too juicy so um i really didn't nice. know how to respond though i was like yeah i'll just better like to leave this can of worms uh where where it lays on my porch uh, and let we don't want to take care it. of it yeah i don't need to start don't some air back them on the show <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, maybe 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 that'll be my just one more thing next week if i'm digging for something i'll pull out some of those yeah i was like huh okay well i'm not a cafe but uh yeah and i'm not communist so there's that too but uh yeah come on the children's fable from across the sea um all right jim what have you got for us this week on just one uh, more thing? yeah 
Yeah, so I, I have a nod to uh, uh, media as well, uh, but it's not visual media. It's mm-hmm. visualization media, and it's okay. a media at, at, that's very, very old uh, and only second to, you, you, you know, the spoken media. Uh, and and that is words on paper. Um, mm. What is this? Visit, this intrigues me. What sort of witchcraft yeah. is that? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just embellishing here. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, no, my just one more thing is vi- visit your uh, local used bookstore. Hopefully, you have one. Usually, there is one in every town if it's of some size. Uh, there's something about books. You know, I visited uh, the one in Santa Rosa um, a few weeks back. Picked up a bunch of uh, uh, books. Uh, mostly in the fantasy series, but one of them was a damnation game, which I showed uh, last week. But it's just something about the smell of yes, books. I, I was going to say mean, the smell. I, I love books. Brings me back. I love them. I love looking at them. I love collecting them. I love having them. Yep. Y- you know, and over the you. years, my book my book collection has waxed and waned because mm-hmm. I do move a lot, and books that is the yeah, they're bulky, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, going to the used bookstore, you can tr- whatever program they have. It's trade, buy, sell, nice type of thing. It's just good, you know. It's just good. Yeah, I still lament oh. the loss of some of my books during some of my tougher moves, where I just couldn't. Yeah. Uh, or whatever they were lost in the shuffle, uh, because they were dear to me. Um, and um, mm-hmm. I remember back in the day when malls were a thing for people to go to, uh, back in the era of uh, mall rats and before I would be the kid that would race over to the bookstore and spend, um, many, uh, many a minute in there. Um, just picking out my next purchase, you know? Yeah. And uh, the Uh, library as well. When people went to those. Yeah, uh, B. Downton and Walden Books, That's when right. those bookstores existed. Yes. You would find me in there before going clothes shopping and uh, Spencer's Gifts and all that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for that suggestion. Looks like we might have lost Kat, but uh, we'll... Uh, did, Her did laptop she tell died, you? unfortunately. I, thought so. I assumed it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I assumed something happened there. But uh, it is time for our, our sign-offs. Um, say goodbye. Um, but, uh, we'll just assume that, uh, Kat, uh, sent a very, uh, nostalgic Christmassy, uh, um, endearing message, uh, this week. Just imagine that in, in, the, in Truman Capote's narrating. So we'll skip hers, but, uh, we'll, we'll cut to Dorothy for the rest of us. I think I'll miss you most of all. Indeed. Um, God, lots of, uh, crying in this episode. Hmm. <laughs> Distinguishes itself. Um, so <laughs> I'll buy, I'll put a hanky warning in the beginning, but, uh, Devin, let's start with you with our goodbyes. I've been Devin Schwartz. You can find me at Devin Schwartz one on Twitter and happy Hanukkah. Yeah, that's right. Hanukkah kicked off what? Two days ago. Uh, yesterday, I think. I think oh, was it still, yesterday? Well, in one minute, it'll be two days ago. <laughs> it's oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, um, what is the, it's the Maccabees is, is the, what that holiday is based off of. I know a little bit about that. Uh, I love history and stuff. Um, so that's, that's one of my, uh, one of my favorite stories. Uh, I'll take the Maccabees uh, over uh, Solomon any day. Much more interesting to me. 
Um, yeah, and uh, James Pepe. Uh, yeah, I've been uh, James Pepe, and uh, this movie kind of means a lot to me, so I'm glad that you guys liked it. I'm glad Cat mm-hmm. tolerated it. I hope it... Um, <laughs> I, I it's a kind of movie that I hope will stick with you guys and I hope that maybe next year you'll think oh what was that movie and then maybe watch it again and mm-hmm. enjoy it um but anyway uh thanks for listening and thanks for watching and uh see everyone next week yeah next week uh another christmas classic um and yes I will be definitely uh showing my wife this one cuz it's fun for me to make her cry so <laughs> um, take that to the bismack <laughs> and gentleman jim scott yeah um jim scott and uh farewell and take care friends indeed we'll see you next week and this has been i'll look at yours if you look at mine and now that you looked at ours we hope to look at yours soon if you enjoy the show be sure to like comment subscribe ring that bell give us a five-star review Dot your I's, cross your T's, sign here, initial here, and don't forget to tell your friends. And don't forget to watch It's a Wonderful Life 1944, which is currently streaming on Tubi. Until next time, lookers! Keep on looking!